Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 178 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And I'm Aswin, and I live stream pretty much every single day. So, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining the, us. It's good to have one you. One of the hardest workers, too. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. she's, like, there'll be times where I'll be, somebody will be like, you did a lot of reviews. And I'm like, bitch, go watch Aswin. <laughs> like, in one day, she's tweeted, she's like twitched for like 10 fucking hours. I don't know how you can do it, man. My butt gets real sore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can relate to that. I shoveled a ton of snow today, so I'm like sitting here in my chair, like, oh, my back's killing me right now. <laughs> Vapor rub and shit all over you, just slathered up. <laughs> no, I need a heating pad's what I need, man. I'm dying oh, right now. I should have gotten one hmm. before the show. That would have been a good Wait, way to Wait, it's podcast. snowing? It's I, snowing where you it, are? It did last night. A ton. Damn it. Why? Fuck. Because I want snow so bad I can taste it. You can come and have ours. <laughs> oh, I would take all. Yeah, man. I'm. We were in your Discord, and somebody else was saying that it was snowing over there, and I'd forgotten. But yeah, we just don't have any right now. We I, just I have love rain. snow, you know, growing up because obviously snow days, it's the best. Yeah, but right. uh, as you get older and you got responsibilities that pull you out of the house, regardless of what the weather is, you start to kind of right. have a dislike for the <laughs> snow. <laughs> and so yeah, I have this, I just, that. this cross on the inside where I'm just like, I, I love it and I hate it now because sometimes I got to drive in it, and especially. Uh, not to get off topic, but a couple of days ago, I I was driving home. I was going slow too, and my car fucking spun out. And I was like, okay, you know, I really oh. don't don't like this weather. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not fun. But anyway, well, it was a slow week for a while up until Thursday. So let's start off with what uh, I think a lot of people on my channel want to really hear about, which is a Fallout seventy six review bombing. Um, so on Metacritic. A lot of people are expressing their displeasure with the game's performance, the bugs, uh, the the gameplay loop to an extent, uh, some of the, right. the lifeless nature of the title. Um, and I guess we'll probably end up getting into a general discussion about review bombing as a whole. Um, what really surprised me was that this happened on Thursday the day after the game came out. Like, I thought this would all be day one stuff. Like, I saw a lot of YouTubers giving out, like, impressions of the game. Not many people were too impressed with the title. I understand mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the criticism's valid. Uh, but all this happened a day after. So that's kind of what confused me a little bit. Right. Like, wh right. Wh where do you all stand on, on this review bombing and, and Fallout 76 as a whole? Do you want to go first, Azraelin, or do you want me to go? I mean, I haven't actually played the game. I've only watched some of my friends play it and, like, watched a lot of videos of coverage and stuff. And, I mean, maybe because that day one patch, people were hoping that the day one patch would fix a lot of stuff, and that's right. why they waited an extra day. Because oh, 50 gigabytes is a lot to download for some people. Uh, mm. You know, if your internet, sometimes you don't get to play it till the next day with 50 gigabyte downloads. So, it could be why that's a delay. Hmm. Interesting. Good what point. Do you what do you think about, do you, do you, I mean, when it comes to review bombing, I don't know about you guys, maybe nobody's as harsh on this as me, but I fuck, I despise everything about it. Like, I don't even like user reviews on shit anymore. Because you can't trust if it's good. Yeah, I feel you can't like, trust if it's bad. I feel like it sends like a universal message, like, that you can just look at it and be like, hey, we have an issue. But a lot of my viewers on Twitter said this, and I, I started to share that notion. I feel like it might weed out some legitimate, not like just zero out of ten, fuck this game, which, you know, mm -hmm. a good chunk were, where there could be like a four out of ten there and be like, hey, here's like as someone who loves Fallout or as someone who is kind of a fan of the series or right. just loves games, here's what I like and dislike about the game. 
Um, I just I always tell people like, and this goes for any game, man. When it comes to review bombing, like the the way you you get into contact with these devs and and you get your message across and that feedback, I don't want to say is considered because I know Bethesda's going to look at this and they have to consider what's going on because it just looks awful. Um, but I feel like to to really get a point across on what needs to change is a universal, calm approach. I'm not saying kiss their ass, but you can be firm. But you, you don't. I I I just think there are. I don't want to say other ways of doing it, but I, I feel like some people are just like, fuck Bethesda or fuck whatever company they want to review bomb. When I think that if you take an approach of like, hey, you know, this game isn't that great and here's why, um, I feel like that's that's often the healthier, conductive, and often the, the approach that you see more improvement from the game when that happens. I com- completely agree with you there. Actually, I would love a way to filter out anything that's like, if people are giving it like one or zero or even 10, or if I see 10s, I'm like, oh, I feel like you're just going to shill. So I'd like to just get rid of mm-hmm. all of those extreme reviews and read the stuff in between. Uh, I wish that like websites had that. And like even like Steam reviews, <laughs> don't even get me started <laughs> yeah. on that. It's like you have 10 yeah. minutes playtime in your review. No, just, just stop. Mm. What I like is when they have 2,000 hours and then they say, okay, game. And you're like, what the fuck were you doing for 2,000 hours if you thought the game was just okay? Like, who does that? Nobody's got that kind of spare time. Yeah, I think that this kind of stuff, I, I would like for it to stop completely. I'd like for them to do something that sort of keeps you, keeps you, like, so let's say if you make an account and do a review and a bunch of people complain and say that review doesn't indicate anything that's going on with the game. Right. I, I would like for that somehow to feed back to the person so that they can't just get away with just being like ones. Because as somebody who's not a, a fan of the little I played of Fallout, I still wouldn't give it a one. That doesn't make it, it loads, right? Like right. it runs. That's well, more than it a needs lot a patch, but it runs, which is more. It, it yeah. Kind of runs. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, and I'm going to let you talk about that because you've played it a ton. But to me, True. it's like, okay, so that's already. You know, it's already, if you're doing a numbered scale, which is probably why I don't like mm. doing this anyway, but if you're doing a numbered scale, that's probably a w- above a one already. Yeah. And then you see these ones where they're like, and not only that, but the dumbass comments, like it's it's like a bunch of three-year-olds trying to be funny at a booger eating contest. They're all, yeah, it doesn't have white supremacists. Ha ha ha. And then that's it. And you're like, that wasn't funny at all. That was just, it was just words that they put in. And you'll see a lot of those kind of things. And 10, same way, masterpiece. Why? Because it's called Fallout 76. Because Fallout or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to filter to just get rid of all those extremes. Extremes, just like chop, chop. Show me the the people giving it five. Show me the people giving it seven. Like, that's what I want to see. I don't don't want to see the crazy extreme ones. Yeah, I mean, because like, as Craig said, I've I've played a decent amount. I'm level 33 now, so Hmm. I'm a decent way into the game. There's a lot to enjoy about it. There's a lot to dislike about it. I think all the criticism is very valid for this title. I think the performance is the biggest issue people take note or uh, or take issue with rather. Um, right. And that's something that needs to be fixed because like this, there there are lots of areas that have tons of enemies and they'll all swarm you, and then the game just kind of drops frames horribly. And I'm talking, I'm playing on a base PS4. Maybe if you're on the PC, it runs a little bit better. But I mean, for me, that I I find that the most frustrating aspect. And I know that stuff that down the line with this game you can tell bethesda released this i wouldn't say complete like they're kind of unfinished and um you know that they have the mindset of we're gonna this is gonna be the game kind of like a division a destiny one a year later we're gonna be talking about i assume 
we're going to be talking about how the game runs better, how there's patches in place that have fixed a lot of people's issues. It's going to be another good example within the Bethesda family's ESO. ESO at launch was horrible. It was in 2014. That that game was fucking dead on arrival. Terrible. Off. Terrible. I look, but I I like that. Game. Ta- but then <laughs> Tamriel Unlimited <laughs> happened. Yeah, the it made it much better. Yeah, exactly. You played the beta, Azraelin. I did not like it at all. I'm and, like, if I want to play a single player game, I'm gonna go play a single player game. Yeah, that's what it felt like early on, and I'm like, I want to kill people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and then Tamriel Unlimited happened, and it just completely turned the game around. That was, I think, a year or two after launch, and it came with the console mm-hmm. re-release. I I guarantee Bethesda is taking that same approach with 76. I just think Fallout has become a slightly bigger brand than Elder Scrolls at this point in time because uh, and sure. people may say, well, no, that's not true, but Fallout 4 is the Bethesda's entirely best-selling game they've ever had, like 25-plus million copies sold. It's ridiculous. So, Jesus. New, New Vegas yeah. was better. <laughs> I mean, we can all we all have our favorites here, but... And that's the other thing, too, is a lot of people review in, in retrospect, and I wonder what's going to happen with 4. Do you think, like, you know, 4 came out, and people were like, I'm going back to 3, I'm going back to New Vegas, and we saw, like, kind of a spike oh, in New Vegas price. Do you wondering. think with, with 76, I'm being genuine, like, I don't say, I, I think some people might think I'm saying it as a jab, sure. but do you think, like, people are going to go back to 4 and be like, you know what? Like That's a good question. Add co-op to 4. Add co-op to 4? I yeah. mean... It feels like, like that's what they tried to do. I really that's feel what like this is. game shouldn't have been mul- mass, like multiplayer. It should be just have been co-op with the campaign. I think right. they would have went much better. Yeah, yeah, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, like... Because a lot of people say add co-op to 4, and I'm like... In my opinion, 76 literally is 4 with co-op. Because it... it at least with from Skyrim to four, you could see some changes with the engine, some changes with the animation, lighting right. system. Uh, you know, like the, the there and compared to the previous Fallout games, there were significant steps forwards. Whether a positive or negative is up to the player, but um, you know, I, I feel like with four to seventy six, they're they're kind of the same games where you you don't see a vast difference in gameplay mechanics. Where when people say like, oh, let's just add online to four, or or I wish four had multiplayer. It's like that's what I view 76 as, and... Um, it's not. It doesn't have that core story experience. Yeah. No, that's true. It doesn't. And and the only way the story is delivered is through that, that hollow tapes and the and the overseer caches, which... So, this know. is why I think... This is why I think the, we're all having such a hard time. Let's say you think it's Fallout 4, but with online. Right. Well, then it is missing the story experience and the NPCs. So, then that becomes an issue. If you think it's not, and it's a sequel or an extension of the Fallout brand, it doesn't look any better than 4. Well, there are parts I think look better, but that's, maybe that's just me. Um, mm-hmm. But there's not. then there's an argument around that. And then if you say it's their massively multiplayer ESO kind of Fallout, that's also not true because the server count's super low. So then you have that problem. And I, I think that's one of the issues is that there is no... I mean, I get that they tried something different, but what, yeah. what happens is the expectations that are there... I can't even say we didn't meet all the expectations or the game doesn't meet all the expectations because there's so many different little things about it. Like, it might be fun with friends, but it still doesn't have the NPCs. It might be enjoyable here, but it still has poor performance. It might be this, but it's got that. That's why I think the game probably deserves some fives, at least from the harder reviewers. Yeah. You know, from the people who you know, feel comfortable saying, 
this is mediocre, man. At least right now. Like I said, it just it reminds me of Elder Scrolls Online so much. So the release that you mean you mean like the release the Elder Scrolls release and gotcha. I, I am inferring as well to the future. I feel of the game like I feel like Fallout seventy six now is very much an average game. There's a lot wrong with it, but I also think there's a lot of redeeming qualities that once you kind of weed through the bullshit and, and I imagine after a bunch of future patches, there will be a lot of just good qualities there with with some of the negativity addressed. You know, but I I I haven't made my review yet. I still want to complete you know, what story there is there. I want to explore the entirety okay. of the map because I've, I've seen in turn a lot of like rushed reviews because I, you know, I, I the, think the first reviews get the most clicks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I get it. Cause it's a game that kind of the experience doesn't transform. You, you very much get the loop early on. It's like, okay, I collect, I recycle, I right. craft, I build, I quest, you know, and, and it doesn't go crazy beyond that. And so far in my experience, there isn't like that one quest that turns the the experience on its head. Um, something like oh, we've talked about it, like saying. with a pyre, where it's like oh, the game you thought the game was over, but it's really just beginning. Right. You know, you right. don't get anything like that. So I get why early impressions and, and reviews have come out. But um, I mean, we're talking about the game just launching, uh, and, and there was a lot of time you could put into the beta, and people are now just launching like nukes for the first time, like the end game goal. So. People are starting to get there, so I imagine you're going to see a lot of reviews come out. But for me, like I, I've I've said with this game for a while, don't buy it on day one. Um, and I still say with that, don't spend sixty dollars on it. It's it's a fun game, um, but it's definitely going to be that bargain bin game down the line. That you know, like ESO, it comes with a million and one sales, and and it's going to be tied to a million and one expansions and big patches. And that's how it's going to sell itself, and, and people will buy into the bargain of a ton of content. Because there is a lot in Fallout 76. I mean, I constantly get distracted with the game. That's one of its strengths. It, there's there's so much there, and there is some collectathons at times, or, or kill-a-thons, but for the most part, they're pretty in, in, enjoyable at times as I've gotten deeper into the, the world itself. It's a really dense world, so there's there are some positive attributes to the game. I don't think it's all bad. Like It's really been made out to be. It's just that performance that sucks so much balls that really just needs some work and and that's where i think a lot of the issues been taken with because people are hammering on the the game engine where do you guys stand on that aspect of the creation engine and engines as a whole Uh, (laughs) well the engine is old and outdated and well that's you know (laughs) um but not even talking about the engine like one of the things that really irks me about it is like they both kind of boasted it as like pvp but there's like consensual pvp that is not pvp mm. so i don't know if you've experienced oh, right. pvp but like it's as somebody not, who yeah. goes into games for pvp what is that like yeah consensual pvp that's not pvp yeah oh, they, they're, they're adding that. that's what i'm saying like they're adding a thing called pvp faction pvp we have no idea what it is but they're they're adding it because one of my biggest complaints is that right there it's like there's no tension to the world or when you encounter a player, it's like, all right, that's someone else, whatever. And it just doesn't work. Where imagine if I was in a server where I could kill anyone when I see them. I think that would be awesome because it would add some tension. If when I see another player, it's like, is he going to shoot me? Is he going to help me out? You know, do like, how quiet do I want to stay in this area? How do I want to tackle my quests? I think it would add a really fun dynamic if PVP was actually an option. But like you said, consensual PVP, like it's, it's just not a good mechanic. Like, there's great anti-griefing systems. And once we finally have, you know, this is why when I said with the before launch to after launch, 
a lot of us before launch were like, we want to keep the traditional Fallout experience as much as possible. And so Bethesda kind of like towed the line a little bit and like they really catered to a lot of what keeps it as traditional of a single player game as possible. So I I think a lot of the anti-griefing methods have kind of gotten in the way of what this game should really be focusing on after playing it a lot, which is clearly the multiplayer. It should just cater to what they've completely changed the formula for instead of trying to like stay in the middle middle ground yeah because when they're in the middle ground they're pissing someone off either way so just go full tilt on one side or the other and obviously they can't go single player now they created a full map that's empty aside from the actual playable characters and things you can shoot so just go multiplayer out right like and and that's or at least have optional pvp servers that are always pvp always on forced yeah exactly i agree totally Um, so talking about engines like i'll let that discussion percolate because like Mm -hmm. there's there's back and forth amongst a bunch of people. I was, I, I do have to say, I was actually quite interested that developers, when, when the shit, so Young Yi did a video where he's like, hey, you know, it needs to be improved, which is something we've said prior in the past as well. Yeah, and, then, and then, and then, and um, then Kutaku said, oh, you know, this is actually incorrect. And then it was cool because one of the first developer responses was like, I have no clue what the Kotaku video is even talking about. And it was a Square developer who was like, it's almost like this person is saying, just because the word the was used in a book 10 years ago, you can't use it right now. Mm -hmm. Like that makes, like the entire article made no sense to him. And then there was an Unreal dev who's like, yeah, this makes no sense. We use engine all the time. We're the ones who use engine. We use that term when we talk to you. So the expectation that you magically would not use the same term is ridiculous and then you saw people who were the other way saying yeah we'd like to spread the word that an engine isn't just one you know thing and you rewrite it and you update it but i don't think any of us are going to argue that whatever you want to fucking call it you could call it a mongoose purple dick it doesn't matter Hmm. it needs to be updated right like we could all change whatever the whatever the word is we want to use it's getting lost in the discussion of the terminology when the real fact is is that the, everything from their physics to the animations, this was brought up in your Discord, Maddie. One of the guys was in there saying, I like the game, but, you know, physics, animation, blah, 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 and just went down this list of all the things where it does not look even close to some games like Elix or a Piranha Bytes game. That indicates you have a problem. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I think that that's the most important, is that we ignore... Everybody else can argue about what fucking word to use. The most important thing is that a company like Bethesda needs to step up and look at the everybody else and say, not only are they going to offer these cool worlds that I love, Skyrim, all the interactivity, but even you mentioned, Maddie, uh, in, in our past podcast, you said you were surprised at the lack of interaction yeah. in Fallout 76. And yeah. I was like, if they've gone that step, fucking get you know redo your engine because the engine's and be not like, even doing what made it special in the first place exactly gotcha. exactly my point man exactly my point yeah and you wonder if some of those subtractions that were made for the game to be online like for example fallout 4 like i can pick up a tin can move it drop it i can stack yeah. 40 of them shoot a mini nuke <laughs> blow them all up they all fly in their own set directions um and fallout 76 you can't do that so like i said you wonder if it's compensation for the online stuff but yeah yeah, it, I guess that what what seems they seem to do is with this uh, creation engine is they keep just like rewriting it for for what they need in the moment right. instead right. of just creating a new engine for the long term that can handle anything. They're just like, all right, let's let's add network coding now. Let's let's make this thing work for online games. And all right, let's add. You know, I'm not even gonna try to act like I know what the fuck they'll add in, in 
future games, but I think that there is some validity to what Jason Trier pointed out in his article about, um, you know, for example, Bethesda saying we like our editor and we're going to use that in future games versus, you know, like, yes, that's a part of the creation engine, but what, you know, as someone who's, I know something about game development, but like, I'm not super well versed in it. We're like, well, what does that mean if, if they keep their editor, but they update everything else for new gen technology? It's like, what does that exactly mean? Like, is the next game we see Starfield from them? What is exact? What exactly is that going to be? You know, what is that going to look like? We'll even recognize the game as a BGS title. Yeah, as a BGS title. That's the important thing, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't want them to go too far, right? You wouldn't want it to look like Fable, would you? I mean, I wouldn't. I in wouldn't fact... care because in, in a way, I, I like I said, man, Horizon Zero Dawn was such a super impactful game for me. I think oh, I bring gotcha. it up every podcast on how, like, I yeah. look at a game that... It's really you know, good. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. And, and Killzone to Horizon, completely different. And I doubted yep. them, and that changed my line of thinking. I was like, you know what? Like, change it up, man. Go crazy. Make something fresh. Make something new. Because Red Dead, like, in a way, that does look the same as other Grand Theft Auto games, but it has an entirely yep. different feel. Yep. So, it, you know, it, there's just... I, 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 it, I, I applaud them for those types of developers who make the big jump forward. When it does come to review bombs, though, just to finish this out, I do want to say I probably agree, you know, with Azerlin that maybe the, the, the patch did... Like, people thought, oh, maybe it'll fix it, so they waited. That might be that extra day you noticed, Maddie, mm-hmm. of, like, a day later. Those, um, I fucking, I, I just, I, I always tell people, it's like, go to, the, you know, even though you may not like them, go to a website or, or somebody and, and look at their stuff versus, like, those user things. Because they're just, there's no requirement, there's no effort put into them at all. And I, I think that what happens is it's very easy to look at the number on Metacritic. I did uh, for Fallout, one of the platforms, for reasons unknown, is like 20 points lower than the other platforms. And so you get like 83 and then 60. Or, you know you know what I mean? Like you'll get these mm-hmm. huge differences and you'll be like, is there really that big of a difference? And then you'll find out somebody just didn't like Xbox that week. You know, and a bunch of people posted. That shit's got to be fixed, man. And it's like review bombing to me is one of the worst things because it does a huge disservice to the developer. A developer, we've even talked about it on podcasts where developers have come on, Ashen, we had the guys from Ashen come on, and they were talking about the chaff you get. You just get shit blurted at you, and you have to figure out, what am I supposed to listen to? Am I supposed to listen to Metacritic's user score of 12 or the review critic score of 90? I think there's a right in between because there are user probably reviews. there some, are some yeah. very good user reviews that are yeah. written that are very yeah. good. But then yeah, you get a lot of them are just like two lines, ha ha ha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think the bottom line is effort on both sides. I think there needs to be more effort, and not that these these review bombings were all entirely effortless. I don't want to give off that notion, but yeah. there has to be effort on Bethesda's end to go through that bullshit to read them. And to see, you know, and not outright dismiss what people are saying and, and read that there are probably some legitimate user reviews like, hey, I've liked Fallout all my life. Here's how I feel. You know, it's not I, I feel like if you just have like only sole representation of reviews on YouTube and the press, you know, then I feel like some something because like, let's look at it this way. Fallout 4 came out and it reviewed so stupidly well. And then user reviews came out and were like, you know, pretty fair on the game. They're like, this is like a six, seven, like this is this is a solid game, but like 
there's there's not it's not as buggy as 76 was but um you know there were some issues with the game and it came with mostly in the form of storytelling and, and choice and consequence yeah. and I, yeah. I think a loss of focus where it was more about building rather than uh questing and, and interacting um and so I feel like that discussion would never have been risen if, at least from my perspective, if it weren't for some sure. well-done user reviews. And I'm just talking about that purely in the case of Bethesda. I know there are others that represent that when it comes to uh, titles outside of the Bethesda family. But, you know, it like I said, it, we, we've seen Bethesda in general kind of shirk off criticism before. <laughs> like they, they, they <laughs> yeah. during the... the, the Oh my god, I stuttered so bad there. The E3 presentation, they they like kind of made light of every piece of criticism they've received. Like, oh, it doesn't just work. Uh, something about bugs, like, and how Fallout 76 is going to be buggy. They kind of did like Skyrim a, on Alexa. Yeah, exactly. Like they kind of joked about everything. Where you, it gets me a little nervous to see how they're going to respond to all this. Like, gotcha. I, I thought they'll make a, a, a big post and be like, you know, here to our dearest fans. Like, no, but will there be some internal hustle to get a patch out now? Will there be I some? So. Yeah, you'd hope so, right? And I do too. You know, that's these are the things that come to my mind as I as I ponder on it a little bit more. But I I think also the the window in which you experience the world is your performance in some way. Mm-hmm. And when it starts to drop, the window gets just a little dirtier, a little dirtier. Looking outside becomes a little bit more difficult, and experiencing whatever you're supposed to be looking at becomes a little bit harder. And I think that if the performance was locked thirty, let's say. Let's say it was just locked 30 FPS, right? So you weren't dropping FPS when you were in, uh, you know, fighting with other people. I personally feel that then you would be able to look at it and say, do I like the shooting as much? Because here's the thing. Shooting changes if you're 9 FPS versus 30. So to me, like, that, that's why I think FPS is so important for a game like this, especially any game that gets oh, below yeah. 30. I fucking like, hate that shit. Dude, when, I'm, when I used a Gatling laser the other night, and I start just ripping into a bunch of ghouls, and I dropped easily to, like, 10 frames just until I stopped yeah. shooting. And, and, but, like, and doesn't that make it feel weird to you? Which then absolutely. I think interacts with your fun factor. Like, if you're like, it feels weird at these times, well, yeah, because it's at fucking 10 frames per second. It's mm-hmm. a third of what you should be seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, man. I would love to see that be shored up first, to be honest. Like, I would rather have them say, okay, we're looking at this shit, but, man, we're going to fix performance. Get that shit up to the minimum standard on a console, which is 30. I agree. Yeah, it, I think that should be priority number one. Because a lot of people, when I made a video about, like, DLC plans for Fallout, I was like, hey, guys, like, here's just some upcoming content. Just so you know, a lot of people were like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, I, I'm thinking to myself, like, they addressed prior to this a week ago what they want to fix in patches on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the people like were taking issue with the fact that they were planning DLC too. And I was like mm. thinking to myself, do you think Bethesda's identifying this product just like we are? Like, okay, there are going to be those fans that just outright dish this game and there are going to be fans who stick with us for the complete long haul and want like to see every patch, every piece of DLC. And, and so that's why they, they announced separately on reddit the patches were with fallout 76 <laughs> they did like a thank you letter along with like future plans on bethesda right. net and like put it on their twitter account it was like really That's weird how they like put one on the forefront and one like yeah we're working on stash size and performance and you know they they said that they like highlighted that they were going to do something what was it fov and they're like we can't add an fov slide. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I've heard uh, one of my buddies did a video, and he was saying that he was actually getting motion sickness playing it. Wow. Because of the, the small FOV. Because of the small yeah. FOV. Yep. Yeah. And I was actually, I didn't notice before when I was watching other streams, but when I was watching this video, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of see that as a problem. Well, that's why I don't, I don't use energy weapons in Fallout 76, because it's literally like a quarter of your screen's taken up by this fucking giant block right. in your face. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. I, I hate those <laughs> forgot. Carrying a fucking human on your shoulder, yeah. and you're like, I can't see shit. Yeah, yeah, That's... yeah. I don't know, man. I especially when you look at how. I mean, it, you know, you know. I know people get mad at me because you're a Bethesda channel, and it always sounds like I'm negative. I love Skyrim. I don't think I've been positive. <laughs> I love Fallout Four. Well, I've seen it where people are like, "Oh, I just want to talk about the positive," and it's like, "That's great," but there's a lot that needs to be fixed here. Right. And when you see a game like this come out and they're not hitting in, on all cylinders, and you're seeing them announce some things in one place and some things in another, it does indicate to me, I think, that maybe they're a little lost. Just a little bit. Not a ton. But, they, you know, they're, it, it's difficult as a big company to, mm -hmm. to identify, like, is somebody loud, and do they matter? What I mean by that is, is this one person representative of a thousand? Right. Or are they... Uh, you know, like a thousand people, but they're just chatter, right? They're a bunch of chihuahuas. Like, they're just bitching because they, they don't like the number 76 in Fallout, which we've seen. People have been like, I hate the name. <laughs> it's like, it's not important. Um, I, I think that that's probably really difficult for them. I think it'd be difficult for anybody. I mean... It's it's hard to sift through all the bullshit to get to the stuff that actually matters. Imagine what it'd be like, hmm. yeah. Imagine what it'd See, be like PR and be all, fuck, man. Admittedly, I kind of disagree. I feel like the, the path oh, is pretty clear. I kind of feel like they it's easy to know what they need to do at this point. Like, they just need... The, I feel the, the content that's there, there's a lot for folks to play. It's just a matter of being able to play it. So I feel like the path is clear. Just fix the performance. Focus on getting that game running, locked FPS I, of 30 on console, 60 or up on PC. I, I agree with you, Maddie, mm. on what you and I want. Right. But I, I, what I'm saying is I don't think internally what you and I want is as important to them as other things. And I think that their difficulty is deciding who wins that battle. We've talked about this before. What would it, like to, what would it be like to be in the boardroom when some motherfucker thought this idea was good? And nobody stood up and said, that's the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard of. So what I'm saying is I agree with you 100%. That's exactly, that is a clear path. But what I'm saying is I don't know if they see that path. Right. I honestly don't. I mean, I think they see performance always, right? Optimization always. Yeah. But what I'm saying is they released it for 60 bucks in its current state. 100%. Yeah. If they did that, is performance as clear as it is to you and I, to them, because they showed that it isn't at least upon release. What I, that's just my opinion. Really I could be wrong. I really want it's to see. It's important if it doesn't sell enough, then they'll fix it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wasn't true. There, wasn't there an issue too where um, your movement speed is locked to your FPS because of the way the engine is coded? Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard something about that. What? What was it? Yeah, it was if you like go if you above 76 down, FPS and things Yeah, if you go look nuts. down and like run, you could run faster than the people looking forward because yeah. the FPS drops were so like significant and somehow that was coded into the engine that way. It's really I bizarre. Don't know. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's where they need to update, update the engine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one I did see was like if it goes above a certain frame rate, like on your PC, if you, if you have it go above, I think it was 76, a really weird number. 
um, wow. other than the name of the game. That's yeah. uh, that's but intentional. If, yeah, exactly. But if it went above that, it, and this has happened in Skyrim and Fallout, where if it goes too high in the FPS, your physics fuck up because right. they 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 have those connected. And I believe Fallout, uh, sorry, seventy six has the same issue. First, I think I'm wrong, but it is a it is a weird number. I remember reading that, and one one of your Discord people, I'm sure, know the number. But I'm gonna predict um, it was Grimblade. It wasn't even Bru- just movement. It was like weapon swings were faster too. Yeah, really, yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. Yeah, it's very bizarre. You know what's weird is that's happened before to me. I I had the martial artist perk card on, which if you guys don't know what it does, it speeds up your your melee swing speed by thirty percent. And I had a single handed weapon. I was whipping this thing around like one, two, three, four. I was like, holy fuck! Like, let's go. I'm, <laughs> and then like I I signed on the next day, and I was like, one, two, three, four. Oh, like, I was like. Wah, wah. What the fuck? And now that you guys say that, I'm like, wait, <laughs> was was like you guys just said connected to that issue? Yeah, yeah no shit. It is. It's connected it is. in the engine. I don't know why they would even something with the engine. I guess. <sighs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't get this at all. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's so funny too because as a big fan of Fallout Four, mm-hmm. like probably too much of a fan of Fallout Four, um, for my own good, but it really depresses me because. If you had told me that there was going to be a co-op Fallout 4, like the excitement I would have had would have been, and you and I even agree, Maddie. I know you aren't as big of a fan of the voice protagonist as mm-hmm. I was. Um, so I liked a lot of the things even some people, you know, some of the more traditionalists didn't like. And the idea that they're having this kind of problems, I wanted it to hit, right? I wanted to be wrong and go, oh, the beta isn't representative. And you get in and everything's locked and things are just working really well because I right. personally believe that, like, it's one of my favorite worlds of all time, the Fallout worlds. I, I love it. It's so good. And it's just sad to sort of see this kind of stuff well, come that's up the because thing too. people will be like, well, it's whatever you like. I like it with friends, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that's not the same as a game that's doing well and also has the support, right. you know, of the people internally where you feel like this can move forward. I mean, I agree it could turn into ESO. But do we want it to? Do we feel like sixty bucks today is worth waiting a year? No, it's not. No. And that's not what. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I should that's highlight. That's not what pretty, I was saying. Yeah. Oh, Maddie, you're muted. You're muted, bro. Can you hear me? I can. Gone. Hear you. I can hear you. I don't hear anybody. So is it me? Yeah, he's himself. <laughs> you continue talking. I'll figure it out on my side. I was like, there we go. We're we're back. Continue. All right, I'm definitely apologize. leaving that. <laughs> I just wanted to say I was I, I want to indicate I wasn't advocating that you spend sixty now for a game to be good in the future. Yeah. I was saying yeah. like for me I, I I got ESO at launch because I think Bethesda gave me a review copy. I I played it fifteen hours, did not like it. Tamriel Unlimited oh. came out. I bought it again because it was on a great sale, like twenty bucks I think for the gold edition, which was uh, the the Tamriel Unlimited package with like four big expansion pieces, and I was like that's like even if you think the game's average, that's just hundreds of hours for twenty dollars, yeah. and it's it's good enough at that point. And that's how I view seventy six. Like it, I don't think this is a game that will ever down the line blow your socks off. I think another good comparison is Destiny, where Destiny won a lot of folks that I, I talk with. I've had a lot of close friends who are huge fans of Destiny who say like the first one was you know at launch it was either you love it or you hate it, kind of like Fallout. And if you stuck with it, the patches made the game better. And I think. Did someone say, I think it was like, there was like, during year two, there was like a patch that fucked it up or something like that. I'm not entirely oh, sure, but gotcha. point being is that's how I kind of view 
76. It'll never blow your socks off. If, you, if you're okay with it now, you'll probably, probably really like it down the line. If you hate it now, probably not ever going to change your mind on it. You know, and that's that's where I usually sit with Fallout 76. But um, I don't think that should play a factor in any reviews, by the way. You know, it's just because it's just inference, right? It's like I'm just mm-hmm. assuming. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a healthy discussion there. Any final thoughts on that? No. Still not buying it. All right, there we go. Final say right there. <laughs> I have a question for Maddie. Are you going to continue playing it? Good what question. I mean by that is, like, so ignoring videos, because I like you're the same mm-hmm. way as me, you know, we have to make videos and stuff. Are you, though, I guess I would say in your personal time without the desire to create a video, do you find do you find the idea of playing this game something that will most likely pop up or do you think you'll step away? Partially because I have a team. If I had to play this by myself, I would, my answer would instantly be no. Okay. But okay. see, and the thing is a lot of folks go, well, this, I think that's a horrible crutch for a game that needs to stop to stop. And I agree, but there are games I have played multiplayer wise evolve, um, borderlands, the pre-sequel multiplayer games yep. that I thought just were not fun or good. Fallout 76 does not fully go in on its on- online ideals, but there is some team synergy within the gameplay mm-hmm. that I really like. You know, my friends and I have our own economy. You know, the way we trade with each other, it, it becomes a, an experience where, like, Ooh. my friend, he's building more, he's creating more of a character that's about building and crafting. So I'll trade him some of my supplies for money, or sometimes we'll make a business deal and I'll trade him some of my supplies and say, hey, when I hit level 30, you build this armor for me. Um, granted, some people might argue, oh, it's kind of forced fun. You're, you're making your own fun. It's not within the gameplay systems. I get that. Um, but I, I feel like those are systems that were in place by Bethesda for a reason because you can't abuse the vendors and make a ton of money by selling old shit to them. You can't sell ammo, which you can create in bulk, um, and you need the junk to craft more. So it encourages player trading. So my friends and I just make money off one another. Um, I think some of like the, the, the team events in the game some of them are PvP mm-hmm. focused and, and they're just a good time. Like that's what will pull me onto the game is the team play stuff, the online stuff, because that's how I view this game. It's not your traditional fallout. And if I want my traditional fallout, I got a fuck ton to choose from. Um, yeah. but in answer to your question, to sum it up, um, I played it last night without like turning on the PVR or I mean the Elgato without okay. thinking to make a video. I was just like, I just want to play fallout. You know, and so it's a fun game with friends, and I think that's how I'll view it. Because outside of this game, I only played Monster Hunter with my friends. So I feel like you know we we talked a lot about in previous episodes on our show how there's there's not a lot of multiplayer co-op experiences, four-player co-op games out there. And this is one of them. And I feel like you know just exploring the world with a friend and making discoveries together, like that's fun in its own right. Um, but a lot of it's also aided because I'm a Fallout fan, you know, and I don't hide right. from that because, like, I don't think the storytelling is great in the game, objectively speaking, but I'm interested in what's happening there because I'm a Fallout fan. You know, I, I find some locations interesting. Some are absolutely soulless, but I don't want to get off track. Yeah, like, it's how long will I play it for? You know, without content, I, I don't know how to answer that because it depends how quick, I've always said this, it depends how quickly they add stuff and how good that stuff they add is. So, like, 
I like the idea of PvP. And if your friends keep playing. That too, yeah. Very good point. Very good point. If my friends also enjoy it. Friends for your experience, the second and they the friends do, they eventually they start trickling off and not Mm -hmm. playing as much, and then you're just like, Well, what do I do now? Yeah. No, and you're that's actually a really good point I hadn't considered. So there is also that. But like the faction PvP, that sounds that sounds to me like it'll be fun. Like, you know, just something on the side to to do to to kill other people and to test out the loot you get. Um and so I'm looking forward to something like that. So that's definitely I'm at least in for the run until that point, and then I'll see what happens after then. If you know if, if there's a point of recreating a new character or mm-hmm. continuously playing the game. Hmm. Anyway, let's move on to topic number two: PlayStation at E3, no more. So PlayStation made the announcement alongside, um, I think the ESA is what they're called who said that E3 2019 will be brought to new heights and they announce all these record-breaking stats. <laughs> and, and then they're also like, hey, Sony's not coming, by the way. By the um, way. <laughs> yeah. Um, quite the surprise that Sony's pretty much saying at this point their platform is bigger than E3. And I, I saw a lot of takes on this online last night. I noticed a lot of people saying like E3's been dying for many years. It's not as prominent as it used to be. A lot of people just benefit from doing their own shows. We saw Xbox... I think last year do their kind of own thing. We saw EA taper off do their own thing. BlizzCon's um, always had theirs. Yeah, BlizzCon. Blizzcon yeah. yeah, so True. where do you guys stand on this? Do you think this is PlayStation saying we're just going to do our own thing every year? Or are they prepping for PS5? I mean, I'm still a little uh, undecided on this, so I want to hear your guys' thoughts before I start summing mine up. Go ahead, Azrael. I feel like it's a combination of the two, that they're going to like do their own thing. And I do think that the PS5 is probably going to come out in the next year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'll be perfectly honest. E3, I don't want to watch it. I only want to see the trailers. Just show me the gameplay without all their blabbering. And that's all I care about. Show me the trailers and then I'll decide for myself. I don't you know want to hear them just trying to sell me stuff. It's, that's what I feel like E3 is. Mm. Right. Um, for me, I would say... So you you do look at like Sony. This will be the first time in twenty four years they haven't come. Um, Crazy. They they've had their they've had their own events, which they canceled their own this year. So this is the second event they've canceled going to. Microsoft has had their their X eight eighteen whatever, but they didn't do last year's, if not the years before. Uh, but they've done them in the past, so they've also had theirs. Nintendo's got Nintendo Direct, but I do think. It's actually more interesting to me, not what Sony's doing. Because Sony, so there's a saying that says the worst thing you can do is win. And what that means is at some point, if you're in the same race, you're Lance Armstrong, then winning is your very least, right? It's like, so if you win E3, most people expect Sony to do that already. Most people expect when Sony shows up, they're going to show the best you know, games. And that, that's what everybody buys into. Last right. E3 sucked. They had technical issues. They had a couple cool games, but they had a bunch oh, of yeah, problems. I forgot about that. And I, I bet you internally, any company looks and says, listen, we spent a million dollars to, let's say, make a vertical slice of this game. It, Cliff Bozinski's done some really good talks about how much money it takes to make a vertical slice for E3, and it's a shit ton of money. I could see Sony just saying, listen, we didn't come off very well last year because we didn't really, I mean, maybe they're just losing the fire for showing what they had. Maybe they needed a little extra time, so they had a flute player. I don't know. It was terrible. That was so cringe. <laughs> um, so them stepping out is interesting. 
But the most interesting part to me was Microsoft and Nintendo immediately saying, see at E3 in their twi- Twitters. Like, it took less than an hour before Microsoft was like, bitches, we'll see at E3, because that's, that's the cool thing. Just because the racer leaves doesn't mean the race stops. And so if they're going to leave, E3 is not going to magically go away. It's not. People can say it's been dying. Still doesn't matter. It's still got hundreds of thousands of people that go and watch it. Mm-hmm. So for Microsoft, third-party companies, right? I'm excited for them. Because how many times have you looked at a game a year after an E3 and been like, I didn't know anything about this game. And then you look online and the only trailer is like person at E3 on the show floor playing it. But you didn't hear about it because everything was about Spider-Man, right? Or everything was about Gears of War. So to me, Piranha Bytes, Deep Silver, THQ Nordic, all these companies, these smaller companies, will be able to present at E3, which to me is actually far more exciting than seeing the big companies do it. I cannot wait for that. So Sony's just pretty much leaving like dreams and days gone to the wind. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're and they'll do fine. I mean, Sony will do their own event like Microsoft, right? Mm-hmm. They'll just and also I think these companies get tired of fighting the. Even you and I have this where we've talked about it. You don't have enough time to cover everything, so you cover fighting for the you front know, page. Yeah, you're fighting for the front page. So all of these other companies even fight with you. So like Sony's like here's Spider Man, but somebody else says yeah, but Microsoft's got this. Well, guess what? Sometimes a developer doesn't want to hear that. They just want you to talk about Spider-Man. They're, they're like, we don't want to hear about the competition. We just want to show you this cool thing. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense for them, but I also think it's a fucking... I would, if I was working at any of those companies, Maddie, I would be having so many meetings trying to figure out how to take the best advantage of Sony not being there. Right. That's, that's like, my thought, is like... If you're Microsoft, th- th- I think more eyes are on Microsoft than probably yeah. Nintendo in response. Because Nintendo's always Agreed. kind of done Treehouse. They, they've done their own thing to an extent on the side. Like you said, Nintendo Direct every month. So they've kind of had that for a while. Where I think Microsoft is the biggest... All eyes are on them. Let's say Microsoft comes out and do they rush some announcements to really just try to like... All eyes are going to be on them. All mm-hmm. eyes are going to be on them. Like I think they're the big show 2019. So I don't think they rush. Wouldn't you maybe hope that they just take longer on their announcements? Maybe they maybe they have more time because we do see that, right? Didn't you feel like the last couple of E3s it's been like for the announcements sometimes? Like oh, here's 30 so seconds. I focus on instead of focus 20 on games, Ashen, focus on which 10. is coming out. Yeah, yeah, and do longer videos, right? Because we see like Ashen is coming out this the end of this month, starting of next month. Microsoft didn't even show it. See, what's interesting about them pulling out of E3 is I feel like what, I don't want to say what won Sony a generation, so, but like what let them get like those 40 steps ahead of the race was you had Microsoft come out, shit show, Sony came out, everything you wanted and just stomped everyone out. And it was like everything they did was in response to Microsoft's fuck up. So Microsoft has a big time, a big chance to respond to Sony. And you think Sony's pulling out this year? Because when all eyes are on Microsoft, you know, they acquired a bunch of studios, but games take a while to make, you know? So, like, they they don't have the games to show for these exciting studios they acquired. So, it's very well that Sony could set up Microsoft for, a, a, a you know, just like an average conference. And everyone's like, all right, time to look at what Sony's got going on. Because you can guarantee, come whenever their next showcase is, where they're, like, you know, obviously going to probably at this point announce the PS5 and games launching with it. All eyes on it. 
every single pair of eyes in the games industry is going to be watching that because it's going to be their event, their thing on their special day, and it's going to be cleared out. Like, no one's going to set anything near there. And so that's that's why I'm curious as to how Sony set this all up. You know, Microsoft in the last six months, we've heard about all the studio acquisitions. That's great, but I doubt maybe Obsidian we might see their game. And the only reason I say mm-hmm. that is because that's been in development for a while. So I, and, and so come summer next year, I, I feel like there there will be time to actually see something there. But other than that, like I can't maybe maybe the Fable game that's rumored, right? Do you think there's a chance of that? Playground games? Probably yeah. not. Probably. Rumor rumors are that it's I mean it's it's still in the percolation phase. What about you, Azerlin? What Gears. do you think? Yeah, I'm be. not sure. I I find a lot of the times like they announce stuff and then like the next year they still announce the same thing. So <laughs> last last is, Guardian is actually. Oh my I'm not God. curious to see if there's actually some new stuff that's actually going to be coming out soon. Mm. Not like they'll announce it this year, but then announce it or talk about it again next year, sort of thing. Like yeah, saying the same thing over and over, sort of thing. I'd like to see new games that are coming this same year, not yeah. future years. I yeah. agree. I'd love to see it and for it to not be another Forza. I like Forza a lot, and I really want to try Horizon. Hey 4. now, hey now. You're an all star. Don't be talking bad. Don't be talking bad about no fucking Forza. I'm not talking bad. I was just saying though. Like, wouldn't you? Okay, wouldn't you like to see something outside of the family of Halo, Negative. Gears, and Forza? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But I got to admit, I fucking really dig Forza. So it's, it'd be hard. Yeah. It'd be hard because that's a known quality, you know, known quantity. But yeah, I mean, I I, I think also Sony may have. I don't, I don't know how much these companies really make all of their decisions around another. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think that Sony probably is also number one, and they thought, oh, we don't need E3. One of the interesting points is they're going to have their own event, but just like Microsoft's own event, normal consumers do not check those out ever. A Sony fan same, will. Yeah. Microsoft fan will. But guess what? E3, they do. So I think that... Sony's probably at a level where they think that just even their own stuff, you know, and their own fans will be enough to sort of get the word out. And I think they're right in a way. But you can't argue that E3, unless something magically changes, isn't a huge deal. I I, I think for Sony, though, cost in that last event must have... I, I personally think anybody in a company, when you have so many poor issues, you had people screaming at each other. I don't know if you heard. There was a yeah, part... yeah. Where you hear that guy go, don't fucking tell me what to do. And you can hear people yelling in the background who are handling Sony's audio. And I think that maybe they all looked and said, this isn't healthy this year. It doesn't mean that they won't ever come back. That's another thing, right? I think in the announcement, it just said they're not showing up this year. So, you know, if if it doesn't work out for them, they can always show up next year. I mean, or the year after. So. 2020 with the uh, PS5 announcement. With the PS5 <laughs> announcement, right? Yeah. I mean, it could also be a pacing thing. I think... You know, I, the two yeah. two big examples I can think of are Assassin's Creed and um, now this, where where it's like, who knows? It could just be like a we aren't going to have a ton to show. Let's take a breath. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it, what will it be? The Days Gone Dreams, another Death Last Stranding trailer, two. Last of Us Two, which you know, all the games except Death Stranding. Sorry, don't you know, look great in my opinion. Death Stranding, I just don't know shit about. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, do you think Sony just also took a look at it and was like, you know what? Like, we don't really got much going on right now, but, like, 2020, yeah, we're going to have a lot. And if it is the... Yeah. Let's say they are going to announce their next console. At one point in 2020, do you think it is? Do you think they wait till E3? 
for the announcement. Yeah. I mean, when when is the PlayStation experience usually compared to E3? I, I, thought, I, think, I think it's would... early month, isn't it? December or February or something? It's, like it's, in it's usually in December. December 6th, yeah. I, I want to say. Could so, even be announced at, at their special event. Yeah, yeah. like next, next year. Hmm. Yeah, in um, 2019. It, it, I mean, you know, obviously never probably never going to know but i i do i do feel that i do feel that these companies have been trying for quite a while to do their own events and see how popular they can get so they don't have to go to e3 and share the stage but one thing to remember is just because sony's not coming doesn't mean any company that's making a premiere sony game won't be at the e3 so that's very true um yeah. a lot of just because so sony won't be there but all those third-party companies and and many of them still doing ps4 exclusives those guys will show up to e3 so Sony's going to have a presence de facto by being the number one most popular system anyway. So I think that that's also interesting on Sony's part because it's sort of intelligent. Let if it costs a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, let other people worry about the stress of that shit. Let, and we've even heard Jack Trenton explained very well on uh, IGN's podcast with Ryan McCafferty just how terrible it was to do an E3. It, it was fun, but it was also stressful it was costly. It was there were all these issues that sometimes you would have to go out and talk about that were like bad issues that happened prior, and it felt weird. It's like maybe taking a step back is just healthy for the company to just yeah. be. I mean, not just Get about sales. Together. Yeah, because Xbox is still making an Xbox XXL or whatever the fuck you call it, Titan Trojan, whatever the fuck that thing's gonna be called. They're making <laughs> one too, so it's like you're still gonna have your PS5 and your Xbox going against each other. So it's not like Sony's just magically going to be the only one announcing anything either. Um, I think it's more of a health thing. Just for the, I mean, they did not seem to be doing so well this last E3. It seemed like they'd sort of lost a little bit about what they were doing. They had the tech, technical issues. It seemed like they didn't really understand gamers as much with the flute player and, you know, the we're in a barn and here's a religious revival moment for you. And you're like, what the fuck am I watching? It felt like watching a cult movie or something. So, yeah, there was a bit of disconnect from their conference. So that could yeah. very well be. I think there's a lot of control. I think it's a lot of everything we kind of touched on here. I think mm -hmm. preparation. I think just lack of anything new to show. Um, because like we, we see what happens like with the EA or or Bethesda yeah. in 2017, like where you just got nothing to show and or they show a mobile game, Maddie. Yeah. Remember when EA showed fucking Command and Conquer? On the you mobile? know what's funny? I was on a plane. Oh. I still have not seen that to this day. Oh, lucky, dude. Don't go watch it. It's like giving yourself rabies on purpose. Trust me. You don't, you don't want to see it. <laughs> Suddenly I'm <But> more curious. <laughs> you're, you're, you are right. Yeah. You, you're, yeah. I don't know, man. So I, the way I look at it, I think it's a, a win for the industry overall. But uh, So you, you, you brought up Piranha Bytes. You brought up like THQ Nordic. Do you, do you think there's anyone else who could fill the void? Um or maybe not even fill the void, but like who's going to step up a little bit bigger outside of the, you know, what we'd expect from Nintendo and Microsoft. I have a couple, but Azerlin, if you want to, do you have any, like you'd like to see step up? Um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of THQ Nordic games lately and some of them have not been very good. So I'm hoping for some good <laughs> stuff from them. <laughs> it's true. What haven't you liked from them? Oh, geez. I'd have to go through which games. Darksiders doesn't look incredibly impressive right now to me. But I've not played Dark Siders series yet, so I haven't. I have them, never played them though. 
Um, I'd, ha- I'd have to look it up to see which ones they were, but I don't remember exactly. But I know I played a couple this year, and I was kind of mm-hmm. like, oh. For me, I'm just happy they, they, they bought out Kingdoms of Amalur. That's all I care about. All I care about. That and Darksiders, I'm like, all right. They're good in my book. We- and Time Splitters. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. True. Um, when it comes to somebody replacing them, though, this is honestly shocking to me, Maddie, that Ashen isn't on every cover of every magazine out there. Microsoft's Ashen game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that is one of the most incredible-looking games. It's been on their show floor a couple times. Games like that, I could see, that we just don't talk about because there's this big hubbub and glitz. Right. So to me, like, um, it, it wouldn't necessarily even be a company. It'd be those games where you see the 10-second clip in like microsoft's video or sony's video but that's all you see and you're like wow that looks good and then you move on um i would like to see more focus on those so when it comes to like developers piranha bytes will probably never be there because i think they're like 15 people still working at somebody's house if i remember right wow so like they're not gonna really extend themselves but um i am interested in nordic just because they have 55 games currently being made which is i think the large 55 games has um, you think that's why the games aren't that good? They're making so much shit. Oh no, yeah. these are these are. I'm from actually just the scrolling through their uh, <laughs> HQ Nordic on Steam right now. I'm like, yep, yep, didn't buy that because of this. Didn't yeah. Oh, there's okay. lots of yeah, them. yeah. Um, so I think that like they it, it, the, one of those companies could step forward. I don't necessarily think THQ would as much. I think mm-hmm. that uh, D- Dying Light too. Ooh, I would I'm love so to see the, that. Right. Wouldn't it be nice to go to the show floor at E3 and instead of seeing, I mean, I love Spider-Man, so I guess I should replace this with something else. But instead of seeing the typical stuff you see, a Gears of War, a Forza, Spider-Man, you see a huge, huge booth and it's just dying light people playing co-op. Or Sunset like, Overdrive 2. <laughs> or, well, PC version just released. I know. I saw that. Rumors. That's why I was on my head. I was like, come on. Yeah. Do it, Insomniac. <laughs> Yeah, just keep playing what, what both sides do, of the fucking would, would table. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll work with Sony. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna go work with Microsoft now. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, Insomniac's pretty—they're a little bit like Remedy, right? Where like Remedy's not necessarily just worked with Microsoft or Sony, but they bounce around a little mm-hmm. bit. And this la- this next one that they're doing is on both consoles as well. So, yeah, I'd like to see that the games themselves. There's—I can't think of a company. You know, Nordic's so big. Um, I don't want to see Activision. Oh man. God, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them. Yeah, Anthem. What? Are just... you excited for Diablo Immortal? Come on. Don't well, you don't you have a phone? Oh, do you think? Do you think maybe Square Enix will try something a little bit bigger this time because their press conference oh. was really weak? So you think they'll really actually weak. like try to do something legitimate this time? We'll call it. Yeah, yeah it's just weird it. because this past year felt like the right time. They it felt like they had a lot coming out. They still had Final Fantasy 15 as a platform. Kingdom Hearts 3 was coming out. Hitman was coming out. Life is Strange 2. Life is Strange 2. There you go. Oh, there you go. And so it's like, I felt like they had a lot to show. And it just, it was like, over. And also Final Fantasy 14, which is like a a big platform. Shadow of the Tomb Raider was disappointing. Okay. I like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I like it too. It was mediocre. It was mediocre, I'd say. I I didn't like it as much as Rise, but I liked it better than 1. But I was never a big fan of one. I know a lot I liked of people. I it a lot, personally. Um, yeah, I, I, I like uh, Rise was my favorite. I think Maddie and I disagree on that, right? Because you weren't as Rise. Is that was right? A, Rise was one that I, I was like, this is okay. Um, it is okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole reboots of Tomb Raider, I was like, uh, it's all right. Yeah, I get it. I'm not huge. I get on it. it. I was really big yeah. on the first reboot of Tomb Raider, 
in 2013 and then it got supernatural and that that was like a huge turnoff for me because i thought it was oh. very like grounded and then they just like were mm-hmm. like right on your head flipped fuck you yeah <laughs> i was like yeah. i don't i don't like that at all um square so square lost 33 million they announced the big thing where they oh, they yeah. like they posted 33 million so so when people post that they've lost money, um, we all know this, so I'm not trying to be a smartass. I'm just saying they didn't just lose the money the day they announced it. They would have lost it the entire year prior. There is a chance that they didn't have the money internally where they felt there was a reason to go to E3 and really do a big thing, which might be why we got such a weird, well, horrible event from them was because maybe, you know, looking at finances, they were like, hey, we just we can't swing this. I think Kingdom Hearts would have swung its own entire event, though. Oh, my god! I don't know, right? Like, it, I'm it's so really easy confused. To market. <laughs> it's so easy to market. And you're talking to somebody who was not a fan of the others, and when uh, I started seeing, like, some of the videos, of, of the special moves, really I'm cool. just... Oh, man. I'm just like, fucking cannot wait for that. That would have... You could have had your own E3 stage and covered just Kingdom Hearts. People were it's chomping weird at the bit for that. Because with Final Fantasy XV, they put that on a stage. They did a whole showcase True. of Kind of Funny. And with Kingdom Hearts 3, which it's Disney, man. Like, you don't even have to sell the Final know, Fantasy dude. Kingdom Hearts part. You just got to sell the Disney Sorry. part. And, and yeah. tons of people will be in on that. I'm surprised that they're not going all in. And maybe we still got some months left. And they're get, apparently, because uh, I'm good friends with the gamers joint, who's like, I always equivalent him to like you know the the you know, Kingdom Hearts version of myself. He just does a ton of mm-hmm. ton of Kingdom Hearts news videos and discussions. But um, I know he said that there was like a bunch of trailers coming out in these next couple of months on the game. So I think a lot of hype's really gonna ramp up for it, man. But I oh fuck, now you got me on that game. I cannot wait. <laughs> you have no idea because the other yeah, thing but that's I, easy I, to sell with that game is it just looks cool. Like the game, well, that's what I mean. I've never played the Kingdom's Heart game, and I'm like, oh, that looks really fun. There you go. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah, their event was terrible for having that in their stable. Uh, I think also, Quiet Man too. Quiet Man. Did they show? Yes, they did show Quiet Man in D3. Yeah, they showed. Yeah, but what I was going to say, look at Life is Strange too. I've seen Dreamcast guy talk about how bad it is. Yeah, Life is Strange Uh, too. Quiet Man's the game where you're deaf. It's like a FMV. They added sound to it a week later. Yeah. What? For whatever reason. Yeah, they yeah, released a... it. So you're, the whole game is like muffled and you can't hear anything. You don't know anything that's going on. And then the week later, they released it with sound. Wow. It's like a movie That's unheard game. of. Why did I not hear anything about that? I just, all I, all I saw was Dreamcast guy going like, yeah, this game's not good. And I was like, okay, scroll, that's scroll, bad. scroll. <laughs> and, and geez, released it without sound. Well, well, it I mean, was on it was purpose. Muffled. That's the so the that story was, yeah. is is that you're deaf, and they released it without sound, and that's the storyline, right? So it's like an experience of being deaf, kind of thing. Except and then, it wasn't. <laughs> except it wasn't, and then it was just terrible. It, oh. It's not even really a game. And then what happened is later, a week later, they released like a sound pack, a voice pack for it, and you're, so that defeats the entire reason for the game in the first place. I <laughs> think it's just weird. <laughs> Wow. It's it, weird, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that was part of their E3 that they showed at E3 last year, or like mm-hmm. earlier. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Life is Strange Two also sold insanely poorly. That sucks. And my, my friend was um, just, he just played the first part, and he said like he was really digging it. I, I like it. It the really free good. one. Um, Captain, a lot. Um, Spirit. Awesome. Oh, Captain, yeah, Captain Awesome. Spirit. Right. Spirit. Captain Spirit. 
Cap- I always call him Captain Awesome. Oh, that's from Chuck, the TV show. Anyway, um, yeah, that, that, that was, was really cute. I, I was not a fan of the new games themselves, but I was really sad to see them not do well. And I mean, we're talking really poorly. So that also makes me wonder if Square can finance those continue, you know, because it's an episodic game. Mm-hmm. Like, my hope is that Square's got that money set aside so that they can keep that going regardless of its sales. I always worry about that, right? These days. Yeah. Look at the Especially DLC getting canceled. Telltale. Mm. Yeah, well, Telltale and Final Fantasy. They just are like, we're done. We're not. And, and even though... And they announce it as like, oh, it's a special announcement. I'm like, all right, more DLC. Yeah. Here we go. And then it's just like, yeah. nope, it's all fucking done except one. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes you really nervous about anything that isn't right in your hands that day one, right? Like, I mean, like Don't and buy I don't games mean, on day one, period. Well, there's the opposite, too. It's like if you don't buy days, games on day one and you also want to wait until they you know, get fully released, what have you, if the companies are waiting for the money from day one and no one buys it, the game doesn't do well and no one gets a game. Like, it's fucked up. We can't right. win. We're just, just It's just different levels of getting fucked. Format. Throw the episodic oh. freaking window. I hate it. No. 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 Screw your episodic. I loved Life is Strange. I love Telltales. Oh, Maddie, back it. me up. I- Maddie, back me up. Come on. You've got to play that one. Maddie, back me up, man. I'm uh, getting beat up on. I love Telltale. But no, like, I just hate waiting for got, oh, gotcha. episodes. Yeah. No, I mean, we've talked about the ideal solution, Carrick. Like, if they just did it weekly. They had the whole game made, yeah. just pump it out weekly. So then, yep. like, the game just dominates the cycle for a month instead of, like, yeah. a week. Maybe. Even a couple of days. I don't know, man. Any final thoughts on E3? How about how about this? Actually, here's my thought, real quick. It's as we record this, November sixteenth, twenty eighteen. We're already talking about E three twenty nineteen. That's wild. Yeah, that's unheard of. Holy crap! All right. Anyway, moving on. This is a topic courtesy of Azrilin. You wanted to talk about multiplayer balancing in general. Um, yeah. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you take the reins and lead this one off. Where'd you want to go with this? Um, I do play a lot of multiplayer games. Many of them are like asymmetrical, but I do play games like Overwatch, Rainbow Six once in a while. And, you know, I've played Mobile Legends, played League of Legends, the mobile style games. I feel like any time that there's a game that has like either skills or classes, there's a very big discrepancy between the low rank players and then the pros. So when they go around balancing the games, do you balance around the pros? Do you balance around where the majority of the player base is? Like, how do you balance it without making things broken at one or the other end? And it's just very difficult, I feel. And I don't, can there ever be balance achieved? And if so, how? Right. Yeah, because, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. And because, Carrick, you were, you were talking about it before the show about, like, the, like a Dragon Ball super focused podcast. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I keep game. getting tweets right now about that, by yeah, the way. There we I go. I told him you wanted to do it, and he's like, Let's do it right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. down, man. And, and so on that topic, when I was thinking about the card game, I can get frustrated at times because, like, someone will drop uh, – it's called a victory strike Goku, which if you get hit by it, the game's over. And it's, like, oh. really annoying. Win condition? Yeah. Just okay. $200 yeah, card. Yeah, I've seen those. Drop yeah, it, I've you seen swing. Those Magic the Gathering and stuff yeah. like that, too. If your leader gets hit, you're done. And it's like, well, fuck. And so on one hand, it's, like, cards like this – Maybe not to that extreme have to exist, mm-hmm. but there has to be clearly better cards than others to, to make viable decks, right? And I feel like it's the same thing with multiplayers or classes. Like, there's just some that have to be better than others to, to create a meta, to create a competitive 
scene where, you know, I thought Overwatch for a while. I haven't played it, so I apologize. I just played yesterday. Okay. So then let me know if I'm wrong. I felt like Overwatch, when I played it um, for a good year and a half, two years, I felt like it did a really good job of balancing out its classes and making heroes viable for the most part and in in most situations. Um, But, like, if you wanted to have... You know, there was that time where there was, like, the triple tank meta. I thought that was awful. Um, Oh, I hated that. Yeah, but I feel like now with Overwatch, they, they changed the the heroes up just for almost the sake of changing them when some of them might be fine. Um, a good example is like, I think Torbjorn's totally different now. I think his turret does something different. If I recall, it shoots people. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but no, taking that Torbjorn example, like, okay. I like, I like what they did with the con- Like they have, cause the different <laughs> like platforms console, right? Torbjorn was really, really strong. Yeah. And so they kind of like nerfed him on console, but then on PC, like low ranks, Torbjorn's good. High ranks, Torbjorn's pretty much useless. So it's like, how how do you balance Torbjorn to make him viable at all ranks? Or is like is that even possible? Hmm. Interesting. That's the thing. Yeah, I I don't know because I have a very simple school thought on it. Same thing with Call of Duty. Like I I play that competitively quite a bit. I play on game battles, and so COD's a bit different though because it's yeah, mostly guns. Exactly. And actual skill. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing is like I say like certain guns have to be better than others. If every gun's just equal power distribution, equal accuracy, you know. Yeah, I find it less of an issue with like just purely gun based gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then let's take a look at Rainbow Six. There's another FPS. Uh, different classes, the different like operators. Some right. of them are like super super strong, like hardcore meta in the pro games and just like annihilating people. But then you see other people like. You know, where the majority of the player base is like, you know, bronze, silver divisions. Uh, you see those people using them just to not anywhere near as great efficiency. So, like, they nerf them and then they make them, com- like, unviable in those lower tiers. Like, let's take, I don't know if you guys have played the game, Blackbeard. Nerfbeard is what they call him now because he's been nerfed so many times because he was so strong in the high up meta. Mm. And then now he's just like, now they don't even play him in high rank and now he's like, kind of like, Ugh, whatever, right? So, like, how do you balance the things without breaking them? Can you, like, have a transition where, like, okay, at this division, he has this, but then when you get up here, he's less strong sort of thing. Is there a way that they could do that to, like, achieve balance without, like, making it completely Mm. broken for the character? I think one of the things that um, Maddie and I have talked about that in some way sort of touches onto this is, um, like, an online game like um, uh, Injustice where it spawns projectile spawning. And like Maddie, it was just like, I don't even want to be involved in this in online because it's just like, that's all the person did. And you do have that where you get somebody who's really good at a particular thing, but I don't necessarily, we talked about this before because I was trying to figure out like, could you have an energy bar for projectiles in this? Could you do something else in like a shooter game? I think for shooter games, you're fucked because unless you do like an aim bot, like you really can't balance for it. I mean, how do you balance for somebody's true skill? If they're just better, mm-hmm. it's really hard to say. It's really hard to balance for that. When it comes to the characters themselves, I almost like that there's an sometimes unbalanced characters because what I feel is it causes a lot of times another player to figure out a way to beat them. Like, so you'll get, and this happens in Street Fighter, where you get a lot of Street Fighter where people are like, this guy's got an overpowered, I don't know what the fuck, low spin kick or what have you. 
And then, and then at the same time, yes, it's unfair, but other people are like, okay, well, then if we know that's overpowered, you know, how do we defeat that? I sort of dig it in a weird way. Like, I want it to be balanced, but I sort of dig, I sort of, I sort of do like when somebody's really good at something, like, character-wise. I think skill-wise, balancing is, is more just about, like, making it fair really right. versus balancing it right balance i think sort of comes down to time spent too because i know people are really good at a shooter they're only really good because they play 200 hours they're not really super skilled like do you, do, you, do you guys see what i mean like they're they're more they sort of know where you're going to come if you come around a corner because they played the game so much mm -hmm. they're not necessarily the fastest that's different at though aiming. i feel that's i feel like that's different though like you know there's always going to be those players that hit that high skill cap and can be mm -hmm. really good at the game. And I, I know, like, that's where I feel like ELO systems would come into play, like, keep those players against each other sort of thing. Um, I don't know if you... Have you guys played Dead by Daylight? No. I have now, yeah. Well, okay. recently. So Dead by Daylight. Um, low players rank 20, really good players rank 1. There's a huge discrepancy. Uh, killers at rank 20 kill the other four people super easy. Then when you hit rank one, it's the complete opposite. The, the survivors run circles around the killer and the killer is like kind of helpless almost. So it's like balancing it from one to the other. Like it's just night and day when you go from 20 to one. So like, I feel like they could balance it if they somehow had sort of like scales depending on what rank you are. Maybe. I don't know. What do you guys think? Would it be scales of damage? No, like, okay. So the rank, so rank from one to 20 or 20 mm -hmm. to one, because one is high, 20 is bad. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, as killers get higher rank, uh, going against those really, really, really good survivors, uh, make the killer a little more powerful, you know, to, oh. to compensate for uh, how the skill discrepancy yeah. is between 20 right. and 1. Um, like, I feel like it's kind of like a sliding scale because it's just night and day, night and day. And, like, there's other games like that, too, like high skill characters in, say, Mobile, mobile Legends, League of Legends. Um, get nerfed because of how good the pro players are but meanwhile the average player can't right. play that character for for shit <laughs> yeah but then now true. it's just completely unviable because they've nerfed it around the pros um that's like, true example, i don't even know fanny in mobile legends if you've ever played mobile legends it's a mobile game fanny uh -huh. character op as fuck if you can play her perfectly op as fuck but then you have like the average player can't play her for shit and she's useless so like how you can't yeah, how do you balance that like fighter, I have, in my opinion yeah, it sounds like a fighter to me too. It sounds—I mean, definitely the same problems exist yeah. in both of those kinds. Because that, that's how I interpret it. it. It's, it's mainly—it's mainly a problem I feel like with classes and skills toward the games, not like shooters. So okay, yeah. so what you're suggesting, yeah, what you're suggesting is like, yeah, I'll probably start with my issue that I'm relating to because Carrick mentioned it earlier. It's like an injustice. I hate projectile spammers, so people would just like pull out the Deathstroke AR and and just shoot into the corner and just pop my ass. I'm sure a good player knows how to burn roll get close avoid that projectile and beat the shit out of the person who's just trying to cheese their way to a win are you suggesting that for example there's a pro patch we'll call it that you know for higher rank players or for we'll say just the meta and and the and the competitive play the patches are put into place but then the the, the casual play or the public right. servers are untouched by this patch Unless it's an yeah. issue with that that part of the fan base, yeah, like that's what I think. Like, because because a okay. lot of times you bounce around the pro play, and it's like makes stuff just not usable mm -hmm. for the average player. Makes sense. Or then you bounce around the average player, and then the pro is just like, well, 
you know, they know how to take advantage of the changes. So like, do you think that it'd be a viable option to, you know, differentiate between the average player and the pro player Mm -hmm. when they play? See, the only competitive thing I, I am deeply ingrained in now is probably a card game. So that's the only thing I can really relate it to where there was a Goku leader card that was just stupid. Like it was just, it, it was ruining the game. It was so good. And and just, you'd walk into the store and like everyone would just have the leader card sitting out there. And once they banned it, it made the game very diverse and everyone was using different leaders and everyone was trying to think of different ways to move the game forward. But the good part the reason they banned that leader is because he, he ramped up energy really fast. So, like, you just would be at a disadvantage no matter who you built and how you tried to build around it. Um, where now it's, like, kind of what you were alluding to, where, you know, it's, like, it involves you kind of outthinking your opponent. And, or I think Carrick might have said it, how you kind of work around the meta almost because now there are some leaders that are better than others. But if you build a smart enough deck, you can likely get around a lot of the bullshit and actually have a really unique attack, which then your opponent doesn't know how to work around it because you're not using that same thing that everyone else is using. The average so, player is using. Yeah, so I'm kind of with Carrick on, like, you need some higher tier, I'll say, because I don't think outright broken or, or OP as fuck is good because that can just really, like, I think harm the experience for a lot of players, but I think there has to be some better than, than others in any type of format of competitive play, whether it's cards... MOBAs, uh, shooters, what have you. There's just got to be a tier of things that are stronger than other aspects yeah. of the gameplay. I don't, I, I don't know if there's even a way to always even... <clears throat> uh, there's certainly not a big fix because, I mean, companies... Depends on the game and the genre, right? Companies have still... Yeah, and they've still had issues, and online play has been around now for 20 years. It's like <laughs> they're still having the same problems. I mean, I, I think that's what I... I don't have as many issues with that particular problem what i have is i feel that um it's quite easy so people can get attached to their character like their amount of wins on their readout so like in injustice you know i've i've beat somebody a thousand times what have you but the way games a lot of times balance who gets what in a random fight is just looking at your win loss total so i know a lot of people who are really good at injustice who will remake a different account each time so they can beat the shit out of people I and just Smurfs. destroy them. Smurfs, yeah. Fuck Smurfs. I, I don't know. I don't know any of the names. Uh, uh, that is a good Smurfs. cartoon, though. But it, when when it <laughs> when it comes down to it, so you have yeah, so you have these people who are really good jumping in. That is something that I actually find more distasteful or more bothersome so, than the balancing thing. It's so everywhere, Smurfs. Yeah, and, and that's a completely another topic. But I completely agree with you. Like, exactly. There's got to be, and I think that's the problem with online, right? People are going to meta the meta. Like, they'll figure out, like, uh, the, the oh, sideways Oh, I'm starting to ways. lose at my rank. I'm just going to, like, take yeah. and just fuck everybody. Well, yeah. I had a friend come over, and he's like, I'm making my a new account. We're going to play Injustice. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because I like to beat up on people and wa- listen to them rage. And I was all, I get it. Like, that is funny. But at the same time, I was like, if I was that kid who bought the game, Quit right, the game and I would be incredibly playing. unhappy with the game. I would be like, what's happening? I'm, I'm getting matched up with... The yeah, hardest people I, possible. My friend made a Smurf and Smite, and I've I've put hundred, hundreds of yeah. My friends made hundred. I've put hundreds of hours into a Smite, and so I have a lot of experience. I'd say I'm good at the game, and and he was on his Smurf, and so he started the matchmaking up. I wasn't even thinking, and it matched us up with a bunch of low levels, and like 
I wasn't even try-hard mode, and it was just, like, complete destruction. I was like, this isn't right. Like, this is just diminishing people's experience at, at the at the sake of, you know, just fun, right? Your own, yeah. Yeah, it's like... Well, but here's the thing. I got a question. Does a Smurf go, I beat a loser? Because if he... G-G how are they getting any pride G-G from, like... easy. Yeah. Kicking the... Is that what it's called? They say GG easy at the end of the freaking games. A lot oh, of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff makes me just want to punch in people toxicity. in the neck. Yeah. That's crazy. Speak... I didn't even Yeah, speaking of Smurfs, um, you see all these I know for Dead by Daylight it's a huge thing. Content creators who deliberately derank basically equating to smurfing. So they're normally really, really good. Go down to like rank twenty just so they can you know, bully the killers or bully other survivors. Oh, and and then now people people see that, people watch it, people want to do that too because they think it's funny. But I really think that that hurts the player base. Yeah. Because if sure. you're new to the game and you got some dipshit, you know, t- teabagging you, being toxic to you, shit-talking you, like, how long are you going to want to play that game for? Yeah, like, I right. really think it hurts the game, the people that smurf like that. Or you're like, going to learn, right? Or you're going to learn the wrong lesson, which is that you need to teabag people and call them names. <laughs> that's that's even worse. You don't want them learning some shit, some shit lesson from those assholes. Yeah, glad I don't know much about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I think the only the only one I play is Rainbow Six Siege. I turn all sound off and I just well, not sound, but people, you know, just play with no no audio and I ignore anything people type. Mm. But that's the only probably the only reason why I enjoy it. But then for doing honor. that, yeah. it feels like oh, it hurt, does hurt your team experience, too. It does. you do have a good team yep. that wants to work well together, yep. you're actually, you know, punishing yourself and the team by not and communicating. Them. But then it's like, then you got the dipshits. It's like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't even know how you would go around fixing it, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, that's, a, that's one of those questions where, like, it'd be nice to have somebody who handles, like, games, especially online games and balancing, like, what, the, like, what all goes into it. Good thoughts, good thoughts. Um, do we have anything else to add for MP balancing? Not me. Azrael, you seem fired up. You got anything else to add? No, I mean, a lot, <laughs> a lot of the stuff I've pretty much already said are like, <laughs> I do feel like in some games there is a way to have like that transition yeah. of the, to make it, you know, more balanced. But then, yeah, like other games, it's, it depends on the game, depends on the, what type of game, depends on the genre, depends, like card right. games. Right. Nerf Black Lotus, like that's no longer playable in Magic, right? So, right. Hmm. now that I think about it, we were talking about patches and like, oh, there could be patches for the pros versus patches for the the actual like casual play, we'll call it. But then I just realized that do you think sometimes they implement these patches just to the public, just because it's something that's changing and it gets people talking about the game? Like, hey, this changed, just for the sake of change. Yeah. Even if it just affects pro players, it's like, oh, this changed. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Like, some of it's just to get the names being spoken again. Yeah. Right? Like, like I think patch notes, we've talked about this, character. I think, like, patch notes, videos, patch I, notes I was wondering content. if that's where you're going with Yeah, this. like, yeah. that's huge. People always love to look at patch notes and just see, like, what changed with the, the game they're in. Because um, mm-hmm. it gives us a, a sense of, like, you're playing a different experience every time you're signing in. Almost, not every time, but, like, sometimes when you sign in, like, Winston may have been awful, but now he's really good or something like that, you know? So... Um, that type of stuff, like where it's like, yo, Winston's actually good. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that that might add to it too. Just like the idea of different things being viable for once. Oh, sorry. Oh, your dog's very passionate on this topic. Jesus. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> fucking. I hate spammers or Smurfs or whatever. 
Anyway, last topic we got on the list here. A discless Xbox One is coming in 2019. Another step towards the digital realm and away from the physical stuff. Wow, it just hit me because you suggested this idea before we even started recording, Carrick. Remember when this was a thing in like 2013? And people mm, like yes. freaked the fuck out on Microsoft. Yep. And here yep. we are now. Are we overreacting? Or are we freaking out? Well, not only that, but um, like Sony even sort of hinted around that it's like we're 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 not going to do that kind of shit because we're Sony, blah blah blah, and they've got the same shit. Mm. Like you know whether it be the way they do digital or what have you. But yeah, so do you want me to read this by the way, Matt? Yeah, the yeah, news? go for it. I didn't know you had something up. Have yeah, I did bring this up. It's www.therot.com, and um, this is from Brad Sams. Therot, I, I, from what I understand, if I remember right, it's the last name of the guy who runs the site, and okay. he, he used to work at Microsoft. But it says, Microsoft's building a discless Xbox One for release in 2019, and it says, in the wake of the news that Sony will not be attending E3s next year, Microsoft's hardware plans for 2019 will likely be a huge win for the brand and for players. The company's planning to release an updated console next year, but this device will not be in the Scarlet family. That means not the expansion, according to people familiar with the company's plans. Um, in addition to this new console, there will, uh, so this new diskless console, they are also stating that there will be a disc-to-digital program that, as the name states, turns your physical games into digital downloads. The idea is that you take your disc to a participating retailer and trade in your disc for a digital download. So that sort of answers Azralin's question, which is, if you can turn your disc into a digital download, you can just sell the fucking thing. But it sounds like you trade it in. It sounds like you, like, you know, at, at these retailers, you would give it. I think that just sounds convoluted myself. Like, it's, it's 10 steps too many. I'd just buy the fucking game again. I'm lazy. And be like, well... I could go turn this game in or spend 40 bucks to buy Battlefield 5 for the 80th time. I'd probably just buy Battlefield. But uh, the rumor is, is that it'll be $100 cheaper. So wow. for people getting in. Yeah. So the sleep is already Xbox at. in a long time. How much is that? <laughs> um, $399 for the X, $299 for the S. So the, 99, the S could be $199, which is, that's pretty good wow. price. Wow. That and then the, the X. entire market. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more yeah, consumer I just think options. It's cool. Crazy. Right. Right. And I have bandwidth caps that I had to purchase a plan to not have with my ISP. But I think the one thing that's holding digital back is bandwidth, especially in America. Because ours is much worse than, like, right. almost all nations are better. Yeah. Uh, and do you have bandwidth caps? I have unlimited fiber. Okay. So I, I have unlimited now the same, um, but I had to pay to get out of a limited plan. And I think that's the only thing that is holding these back. It's holding even Chrome. Uh, I don't know if Maddie, I think you said you got, no. Did you get to try Assassin's Creed Odyssey played nah, in the Chrome was, browser? That was Grim who said he tried okay. it. Okay. Was that Grim? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I tried that. But again, you've got that constant download. I think the big thing for digital for a lot of people is just, it's not feasible. It's just not for whatever reason. Yeah, technology I mean, I, this year especially has been um, – it's not like I've ever been neglectful to it, but this year has been really eye-opening on how many people just don't have great internet. Uh, maybe it's mm -hmm. because like I've been covering a lot of Fallout, so I'm seeing a lot of people being like, good God, I, I can't fucking play Fallout on launch day because of the day one patch, or you know, I couldn't play the beta this day because there was such a small window of time, and when they released the patch, it was still downloading for me, so couldn't get in during that like three-hour, four-hour window, whatever. 
Um, I've just seen that a lot lately where, yeah, like I feel like um, the digital route will be for some and Mm -hmm. it's just Microsoft adding to that family of consoles where there's just another option. They're taking kind of the Nintendo DS approach (laughs) to the Xbox when you think about it. Like, here's the really powerful one. Here's the one that, you know, is is slim and has just one cord for the power. It does not have a brick. Um, actually, wait, characters. Does, does the Xbox One X have just like a cord? No, yeah, both of both the X and the S have the internal power brick. Okay, cool. I, I was just making sure. So, um, like I said, then you have the discless, discless one, kind of like the DS with the 2DS, the new 3DS, the yeah, whatever the fuck, you know. So, I feel like this is just good for consumers. Like, you know, with between I would argue con- that it's actually going to cost you more going to Jerome, even though it's a hundred bucks cheaper up front. The reselling the games, you're not going to be getting because they're all digital. Hmm. So you could actually save more money by having those paying the extra hundred bucks for the disc version, and then you know selling your used copies. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't ever sell my used copies. I do. So I give them to the patrons. So it's like, or I keep them. So I, I that there is that for sure. Like you make your money back on a console mm-hmm. if you can sell the games. If you right? buy the physical ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. There is there. On the other hand, does you know? Is it like Game Pass where it's one dollar for three hundred games? Like, who knows if Xbox is like the games will be ten dollars cheaper or twenty dollars cheaper? Well, then, because we don't get very much at our GameSpot or GameStop, we get insanely low prices for brand new games. So it's almost not worth the gas to drive to sell the game currently. You'd sell it on Amazon, right? But here locally, it's about seven bucks for a new game. Hmm. So I, I think like a battlefield. That's where like, you sell from third parties. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you would definitely websites. want to. Like last time I sold a game, I actually met some random dude in a parking lot and got sold the Whoa. Like, ninety dollar game. What at a mall? And I sold the ninety dollar <sighs> game for like this sounds, sixty bucks. Yeah, no, it still like, sounds like the starting of a horror movie. No. <laughs> You're like, I met him in a. <laughs> okay, I, I go outside the EB and do the trade outside the EB. Be like, hi EB. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here, I'm selling. Walk in front of the camera so they get a good no, facial you, picture you just in case you miss place, it. Like a Tim Hortons or something like <laughs> yeah. that where there's cameras. Like, yeah. But you can make the vast majority of that game cost back through if it's a physical copy, you just True. resell it like the day or two after you play. So yeah. like I feel like I'm not really – well, based on the information we have now, like the discless one seems like in the long run would cost me more mm. than the disc one. Right, because that's what I, I used to do. Um, I used to buy games physically, and then I'd like sell them on eBay once I was done with them or whatever. Now I just like to collect, and then like, Carrick, you're, you're very nice to give away your used copies to patrons. I usually just like, I'll, I'll rebuy the game and just like ship it to them or like buy mm-hmm. codes from GameStop and just let them download them, let them download them itself. I can't fucking talk this episode. Um, but yeah, I, I like the option. It's it's good to have there. Um I mean, if if you're just trying to get into the Microsoft family, I don't know if it's the number one option. I feel like the Slim always is until like 4K mm-hmm. and HDR really become the regular a thing. Yeah, where where then I think the X, maybe the Scarlet will be the number one. But um, I think the cool thing options. is is that you know hundred dollars cheaper. Um, some people just can't get in. You know, it's hard for them to save. like they could save, but maybe they just don't have the best willpower, so they save fifty bucks and then they go buy themselves some Dragon Ball fucking cards or what have you. So <laughs> Me. It, $100 cheaper might help them jump in a little bit quicker or at all where they wouldn't. Um, I, I think that all of them require something, like some sort of trade-off. The X is probably the only one that doesn't. 
but it's like all, I think all the consoles have a trade-off of some kind. So to me, this is a trade-off of like if they're digital only and that's what they like. Some people live out in the boondocks too. They don't want to drive in and meet somebody at a Tim Hortons, right? They just mm. they just want to download shit. Then so, their internet's probably shit anyway. Our our internet's better out in the boondocks. Which, strangely enough, not, in this not town. in my area. Like it's like Google Fiber out in the Boondocks, and then you get in an area with Comcast, and you get like ten up, ten k. By the way, wow. you're just like, Mwah. it's like Australia. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I think it'll be cool to see them do it. I think it'll be cool to see the different ways these companies start offering their consoles to people in the next two or three years too. To hmm. see, like, you can sort of see how much they're driving it. You said Sony's thinking of a similar thing. You mentioned earlier. Um. I, I just know that Sony's always looking at Slim. Sorry I, oh, if okay. I misspoke. Uh, no, I'm just no, saying I, that they, I think I misheard you, that's all. Yeah, all these companes are always looking, like the 3DS, you know, mm-hmm. except the 3DS was weird. Once you started going on the 3 I was yeah. like, there were like eight, and they weren't even always cheaper. It was like, here's X, 3DX. Right, right, it's oh, yeah, 3DS, the 3DS X, X, XL, I think. Yeah, it's like playing on a forearm. Like, yeah, it's you, the, just like, I'll say this much. It's the one system I own, here it is, and... <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it actually is, like what version it is. Like I think I have the XL because I, awesome. I think I think I got a bigger one because my hands are big so, and like so my yeah. old 3DS was kind of cramped. But still, like I, I'm not 100 percent sure because there was also like the new 3DS XL. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that the one with the little stick yep. on the? I don't know. <laughs> so hey, I just own this console. What? I don't know what the fuck it really is actually anymore. I would I would pay good money for a Switch XL, to be honest. Because my yeah. hands hurt so much playing this. It is the new 3DS XL. I officially know now. All right. Yeah, it's got dust. I just watched you wipe a bus, <laughs> fucking bunch of dust off that. That was awesome. It was sitting <laughs> under the Game Boy Color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. you know you've been relegated down if you're under the Game Boy Color. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just overall, I'm just, I, like, the more options, the better um, for people to jump in, which is always cool. Yeah. I'm always hoping. Absolutely. All right, uh, that is all we've got on the news list for today. Anything else we'd like to add? Just looking at your Game Boy Color made me think of Pokemon. Uh, you want to know what game I got in here? Hold on, let me just double check before I sound like an idiot. I do have Pokemon in here. My girlfriend gave it to me. <laughs> but uh, before that, I had Tetris in here. <laughs> I still play the hell out of Tetris. I haven't played Tetris in a while. I heard some things about Tetris Effect being, like, really good or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about it. I mean, Tetris is such a classic, like, style game Mm -hmm. that it it is nice because people who aren't into games can see it, and it looks more futuristic than old Tetris. It's not just blocks. It's, like, fucking colors and all this crazy shit going on, which is always cool to sell to, like, my parents, for example. I could probably get my mom to play Tetris if it looked like that versus... Mm -hmm. You know, just the normal blocks. She'd just be like, "This is pretty boring." Yeah, I. Oh my god. Yeah, she probably what was the. It was a Pokemon game, I think. Um, Pokemon, not Go. Not Go, but it was like an old N sixty four Pokemon game, and. Oh, black camera where you took yeah, oh, but like people. Was... But there was like a mini game where you could play like pretty much Tetris, I think. Oh, gotcha! I never saw that. And uh, I played that against my friend Brian. He was just, like, stupidly good at it. And I was like, why? Why are you good at this one thing? <laughs> Don't you always have that one friend, though, that you invite over to, like, a group and you find out they're really good at the game that you were hoping they wouldn't be? I, I always have that one friend where I'm all, hey, guys, let's do Virtual Fighter, which is, like, one of my favorite things. And recently I invited a new friend over. I'd never had him come over before. And he's never Didn't realize. Never will again. <laughs> well, so he's good, man. Like, and, and I... 
consider that's the only game I would be egotistical and say I'm very good at. And so I was like, dude, let's do this shit. And then you've got that friend and where you realize that both of you are quieter than normal because you're Mm -hmm. concentrating. Like, normally I'm playing Virtual Fighter. I'm on the phone talking to my wife at the same time, still beating people. And this time it's like, yeah, just like kneeling down, just going like, motherfucker, and trying to pretend like I'm not working hard. You're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. We can have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody in Dragon Ball that does that to you, Maddie? Because I know you're a big fan of the Dragon Ball uh, Fighter Z. No, out of my friends, I'm definitely the best at that game. But, like, I, my oh, friend I... Vinny, he's, like, just a natural talent at fighters where um, for for him, he picks it up and he will beat my ass at it instantly. I have to pick it up and work to get decent yeah. to compete. Then he'll taper off a little bit. I'll keep going. Then I'll become better or of equal scale. And then he'll come back mm-hmm. and it'll be a nice a nice bout. But, um yeah, that, he's definitely my, my rival in fighting games. I, the only game I came in on launch day and kicked his ass in was uh, Hero Academy, and that felt amazing because I was like, yeah. I call, <laughs> I call it amazing. I call him Day One Vinny because I'm like, yeah, you're good on Day One now. That's it. Uh, I also have the friend, the jackass, who who grabs my gamepad and puts it on his lap and plays it like with his fingers. Oh, so yeah. I'm a thumb person, which is I'm wor- obviously I'm not arguing. It's worse to play with your thumb. It's slower. you got to move one digit. If you got your fingers, you can hit yeah. all the buttons. And he comes over, and he's like, do you want to plug the arcade stick in? This was Injustice, too. He's like, you want to plug the arcade stick in? I'm like, no, let's do gamepads, because I had seen him play with an arcade stick, and he's one of those guys that knows how to flick them just perfect so they do the move. And uh, like yeah. it's all... So we sit down to play Injustice, and I had been, I was pretty good at that point. And fuck, <laughs> man, it was just, it was where, like, you're, you're all, I think I hit him once in, like, six fights. Like, and you're just all, Awful oh, feeling. you know what? Yeah, and you're all, I got to do something over here. And you leave and you yeah. hope they shut the game off. Do you guys do uh, co-op games, Azrilin? Or not co-op, but like couch competitive games? You and your husband? My husband? Yeah. We don't, we don't do very good competitively. Oh, gotcha. He it got turned, me into it... the Magic the Gathering, and I spent a lot of time making a deck. Shit all over his decks, and he never played with me again. Oh wow! Oh, what what you're a? I spent a lot, effective. a lot of time making decks and did really, really good. And then <laughs> we are really going to have to do. So I don't play competitively. I prefer to play teammate stuff with my husband because it just like, oh gotcha. We're we're both very competitive, and it's just it doesn't we just argue, and it's not so friendly games. <laughs> I was just going to say that I, we I really do need that. to do a podcast about card games. Then it seems like every single person's getting into them now, whether it be Matt. Well, Magic's old. But Dragon, Dragon Ball, like all these, it's pretty crazy how like that's become sort of an extension of video games right now. Maybe it's just the social element it's, going out. As I was to say, I think it's a social thing, element. Yeah. It's fun just to get out and go hang out with people and like play something you all like. But it's also just okay. Don't take this as like a, a sick, twisted thing. But it's also fun to like play someone. And as you get better and you start like, because I went in there, I was like the awful kid. I sucked ass at Dragon Ball for many months before I actually got somewhat decent at the game. I still lose a decent amount. But like seeing the the actual shock and awe on their face when you just beat their ass <laughs> like you know you can only imagine it when you're holding That's the controller awesome. and you're like man then he's... you keep doing it yeah and they won't with you anymore yeah exactly yeah so I, I don't i'm not like a braggart i don't get toxic you know so don't get me wrong but it's like that satisfaction where you see your opponent's face when you like drop the final card you're like you're done you just know it 
Have you ever done the thing where you like slam your hips? You're like, woo! <laughs> do the celebration. No, what they do, the what they do in the store is they like drop their elbow and then like fully extend their arm, like they're just dropping it all on the table. And I'm like, all right, like that's. A, oh, yeah. I not, like I'm not the about card? it, but you no, mean like the card. No, like, like sh- they pretend they're dropping the you know what on the table. And, oh, uh, I yeah, see. and I'm just like, oh, I'm not like, dude, you got Taekwondo skills now. Fucking just. <laughs> Get in there. Chop the leg on the table, break it in half. (laughs) (laughs) Just chop the table in half. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Anyway, Azrael, thank you so much for joining this episode. It was honestly a blast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You're more than welcome to come back whenever, especially when we do that card episode. That'd be a good time. Yeah, no shit. We got to set that up. You can share those those stories. Have you guys played uh, Magic the Gathering Arena? I have. They just added head-to-head where you can invite people to challenge. Oh, really? Okay. I don't want to play you because you, you definitely would kick my ass. I am no, awful No, no, at... not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily. I haven't played in a while. Really? We might, might have a good match then because I I went on there and when I played people of my skill level, I was like, all right, like I kind of get this, but I don't know a thing about building magic decks. And so like mm, when right. I – like I'm, I'm still in that bronze, I think, rank four – so anytime I get out of that, I get, like, destroyed. Like, people are just laying down these multi-energy decks and <laughs> killing me. The thing is, you got just got to know the cards and what to expect when you start to see different decks. And that just takes experience. Yeah. And I don't have it because they keep adding so many new cards. I'm like, oh, really? They do still? Are... Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Every, what, three, four times a year, they add more and more cards. Wow. I think, I think 2019... I, I build decks based on their looks. <laughs> Nothing to do with <laughs> numbers. You'd love like, super. I'll, I'll, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, dude, I'd be playing. Car- I, well, I bought them. Um, yeah, I, I did get some, but I'll, I'll be playing card games with like the family here. There's a couple different card games, and they'll be all, dude. There's there's no worse deck. Like you couldn't have possibly chosen a worse deck. You almost had to go out and get. And I'm like, yeah, but they all look cool and they're silver. Or they've all <laughs> got this get guy that on the synergy. front. Yeah, I I don't know why I get so attracted to the art. Or, or like dude, on same. Hero Clicks, the figure that I'm like, I'll be all, I want this figure, and somebody be like, dude, it's twelve points. Like it's it's a tra- it's quite literally a walking trash can. Like it's useless. And I'm like, yeah, but he looks fucking cool. Dies right away, and then you're depressed. But dude, I that's can't my build a emotions deck where that shit. conflict with any deck building I do. I'm like, yep. this looks so cool, and if I do it does, play it. <laughs> you're gonna get See, your ass I don't kicked. Even look, I don't even look at the art. I'm just like, what does this do, and how's this gonna work? With I you? admire okay, you very me. much because I need yeah, I, I, I need I, that willpower. <laughs> Give I me took, some. I take so long to build decks; like it's just absurd. Yeah. I wouldn't even I, know how to be honest. My com- I made a commander deck like way back when, and like I spent probably a good three, four solid days, like six, to eight hours a day, like just tweaking things, and then I'd play a bit, tweak some more things. See, okay, so you've got that in your system, too, because for me, like, with Dragon Ball, I'm obsessed with building decks as well. So I'll, like, build one, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go on my run, and I, like, think about it. I'm like, what? I'm like, fuck, I'm missing one card. Like, I I think that's the card. I'll go home, I'll add it in, maybe do, like, a mock battle to see how it all plays out. I'm like, no, that's not it. Back to the drawing board. Take a shower. Damn. Have you ever played against yourself, just to Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'm not too okay. Wow, absolutely. meeting of the nerds. Playing. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, that's cool. I didn't I, I remember Maddie telling me you could play against yourself and so did uh the other guy that, that wants to come on the podcast. He was mm. like, That's one of the best ways for sure. Just to it's sort of just play a against good yourself way to, and pick up the rules. It's not the best way to like learn 
I guess, the game, but it's a good way to learn your own deck, I feel, to, mm-hmm. like, what what am I drawing yeah, into a lot. What you would do to counter yourself, yeah. you know. It's yeah. like, what would make sense, you know, and, and, like, Azrael was talking about how, like, when it comes with experience, like, usually in Dragon Ball, for example, you, almost every time someone in turn one will swing at you, so it's like, you'll take a card from your life, you know, in your head, you're like, mock battle, I'm gonna take a card from my life, here... I'm going to draw one or, for my oh, turn. Oh, they're going to play this next. Let's get prepared yeah. and sort of thing. You get familiar with the cards and the decks and yeah. what people tend to play. Just the thing is, I don't know if this is a thing with magic, so you let me know, but like in Dragon Ball, like there's a, a leader called Shenron, and he's like that leader that makes every deck viable, really, because he's just that good of a leader card. He just works well with everyone. Does magic have something like that where it's like you could put a leader card if you out? Play and... com- if you play commander, there's leaders the okay. your commander's leader and then like that so you have a commander that's whatever colors they are those are the only cards you can put in that commander deck mm. uh, but that's a different format than your standard format oh, there's so. different formats okay mm-hmm. yeah there's not. quite there's at least a few different ones that i've played am i, am I using the wrong word because i know there's like planeswalker i think is the yeah that's those aren't leaders though okay those are just cards that are in the deck they are oh man mm-hmm. hey so i have a question um one of my friends that we do board games with plays magic all the time and he plays a version i believe it's called commander where it's that's, actually yeah that's a really it, fun one yeah that it you seems have 100 like cards 100 cards per deck and every card is different one of each card yeah i thought that was awesome he was telling because i'm really fun. gonna, I love gonna be honest like the what you guys are talking about that's exactly opposite of what i would enjoy and then he I told me about commander and i was all that's the first time i've ever thought of magic and actually playing it when mm. he was describing how those rules work and i was like that's what i've been waiting for this entire time <laughs> Because commander's I, awesome. Yeah, commander different, really seems two, cool. two different types of commander. Too. Like, there's 1v1 commander, where the deck's rules are a little different. And then there's, like, the group commander. So, like, there's different versions of just the commander, too. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out, especially hearing him describe it. It sounded like the type of magic I'd actually want to play. Interesting. I didn't even know that was a thing that existed. So there's, like, a lot of forums. That's the other thing with Magic the Gathering Arena is, like, when I get the coins, which the game is really generous, and I love that about the game, um, they do a really good job rewarding you. It's like when I get my coins to buy a pack, I think to myself, it's not like Dragon Ball where I'm like, okay, this is set three, this is set four, like, okay, I want them right. to do a set. With this game, I'm like, what what set do I buy into? Like, what would you suggest? Because I do hop onto it every now and then. See, that really depends on which deck you're building, what you're oh, going shit, for, what you're, you're right. trying to get. Yeah. So it really depends because, like, there's um, each time they have like a set that comes out, there's like, really good synergies within that you know that set mm. so you if you're building around that set you, you usually want to get stuff from that set but then there's like those characteristics are also in all the other decks like mm. sets too so it's really depends what you're going for but i do like how the magic the gathering arena has it so you can buy the specific cards once you like yes you can get the duplicates and stuff you get like the currency to just buy once, buy cards yeah and that's that's where it comes in where you make new mistakes like me and you'll invest like your points into like three cards that you think are good. I usually play uh, when I go on that game. It, it's like one of the pre-made decks they gave me, but it's, it hasn't really steered me wrong. When I went on it just last time, I went two and zero in my session. Uh, I play the and there's probably a term for it, so you let me know. But I play like the white deck that was like all flying cards. Um, I don't know exactly what it's called, but mono white usually. Just yeah, mono. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I didn't know if it had like a. Like the card types because they're flying type. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's like... like a mono white angel deck. From, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, and and I I love that because everyone always puts like stuff on the field to like block ground attackers, and you're just like I'm over you hitting the hitting their health bar. It's fun, 
But um, so wait a minute. So then I was right. You could you could make a deck just on like flying creatures, like visually. Oh yeah, yeah. You still... could. You could. Yeah. You can make. That's the nice thing about magic. Like depending on what format you're playing, you can do pretty much anything. Of course, I get my ass kicked, but. Yeah, yeah I won't try. I saw the digital version, and I was just like, nah, man. I, I, it's a good I, way to also, learn. Also, it's a good way to learn, but I'm more, I want to see the card. So whether it be hero mm-hmm. clicks with the miniatures or cards with the card, I want to hold it. And so when I'm playing a digital card game, I just feel like I'm just clicking almost like I'm playing like solitaire by myself. Just, it doesn't grab no, me. No, I, I get well. you because that's you guys how have the I same am, issue. I am with Dragon Ball I, I that way. I feel you there. Because like. I feel you there. It's better in yeah. person. I agree because like there's a Dragon Ball doesn't have a, da- a digital version. I hope one day it does because I think it'll make the game really popular. But um, for me, like there's there's this site a lot of folks who play the game go on called Untapped.in, which you can digitally build decks there and you can play against players and it just uses like pictures of the cards and you put those sure. pictures on field. So it's like and it's got all shortcuts and stuff. It's a really janky way of doing it, but it does work. And I just oh. can't do it to test out a deck realistically because there's just so much thinking involved in like the mechanics of how you learn the game. Where I just I usually will just buy the singles of the cards and put together a deck and and try it myself for a couple of weeks in like the card shop and see if I like it that way rather than um, building it digitally because I just feel like like you I don't connect or just get it like unless it's, it's in my hand. Same. Yeah, but I'm confused. If I had fifty bucks, right, right? How much? Wait a minute. How much does it? No. Yeah. Let's say I had fifty bucks. How do I fucking know? Do I just go buy a starter deck? Like, and and wouldn't that starter deck just suck dick because it's just random anyway? I don't understand. What card game are we talking? No, here? no. Um, if no, we're talking about magic, like oh. if if I wanted to, because I'm already I've already got the dragon starter Bowl decks are pre-built. They have the exact same cards in every starter pack usually. Okay. Like um, gotcha. so you buy like a so you're not going to get ripped off. Deck. You're you going to get like the same cards each time. It's going to have this cards, this cards. Uh, if you're buying boosters, that's going to be RNG, and that could be really good or really shitty. So, it's okay. gambling. The yeah. the boosters are gambling in my opinion. Yeah, which I'm bad at. I mean, the I got lucky is, last like, week. <laughs> there, there's hero like... clicks though. I just bought a bunch of boxes. I what I'm saying, I'm bad at the. I I want to buy those things. Yeah, I'll say like, a lot if they've got the RNG in them. Yeah, same. That's like the one thing I definitely cave into a little bit too much. But I like, I've always been so good with my money, so I'd never spend it on literally anything except like right. necessities. So it's like food, gas. Going out with the girlfriend, that's, girlfriend, and yeah, and then Dragon Ball, yeah. and, then, and then Dragon Ball, and I'm just like, all right, this is where this will awesome. be where my fun spending goes. That's a like, true nerd, right yeah. there, my friend. You know, that's, that's your nerd cred. Yeah, you know, because awesome. like I'm very fortunate uh, to to get review copies often, so um, you know, I I sometimes don't have to spend money on the games that I look most forward to. Um, I did buy uh, Hero Academy and, and Red Dead though, so it's like my money still does go there, but. Not as much where I can I either save it or I put it towards hobbies that I really enjoy. Um, yeah, it's always cool to have at least one outside hobby. I do airsoft. Anything that can get you oh outside or moving I around. I would pay money to see you doing airsoft. Dude, airsoft, and I'm way. decked out. Like, I'm decked out, like, the full camo fucking, like, camo on our yeah, faces. Yeah, you're that guy. You're that guy. You oh, swag yeah. out. Do you, have a better, do you have better swag than your shot? Uh, no, I'm a pretty good shot because okay. I hunted all my life. So okay. I, I'm okay. pretty good, pretty good shot, and they're pretty accurate. But my brother is – it's it, my wife is the best by far. Wow. Like, you get the whole family like, involved. 
dude, there was one time where so fun. six of my friends were over and we were just out, out, out. We're like, where is she? And my friend walks out into the woods, is standing there, turns to me and says, where is she? And I realize underneath his feet in the bushes, she has crawled down and I see her head. And she's like at his crotch, like his crotch is right here. And she's, and she's just like, you're out. And he's all, oh, are you kidding me? Like, she's insane. The <laughs> best shot I've ever seen. Her and my brother, my brother hunted uh, deer all his life. And I've never seen somebody be able to shoot an airsoft gun as well as him. Like, I'll have a pinky around the edge of a building on accident. And he'll be all, be like, wow. Jesus Christ, how the fuck did he hit me that way? <laughs> yeah, airsoft is, is so amazing. Like, it's, it's so physical. It gets you out. Well, you do Taekwondo. You know what yeah. it's like. It's like it's good to have that one physical thing that Absolutely. gets you out, outside. I agree totally. Wow. We should do a hobby podcast. That's what we need to do. That's a good idea. Honestly, that's, that's a good idea for, like, you know, before, like, the holidays, kind of. Yeah. Just when, when we got nothing going on. Cause we should, man. We should. I, I really I think, think like, a, card, a card slash hobby focused show should be on the on the list of things to do so that would be we awesome. should because i would like you guys to explain the cards a little bit so i can decide if i want to get into them let's and, do it up man like i'll i'll take out my whole set of cards and sit right here and just just go yeah. through yeah let's plan on doing it then for sure because i like i i'm g- genuinely interested in both games i bought the dragon ball ones but i'm gonna be honest when i see them i'm just gonna go this one's glittery so i like it that's it's not gonna I, work. That's what got me into it initially. As as oh, okay, as noobish as that sounds, I was like, "Wow, these look awesome!" And then I okay. played Maybe it. And, it's yeah. but then I yeah. played it and I was like, "Oh, this actually has strategy." Fuck! Like you're kidding me. So it looks good. Yeah, and it plays okay. good. Yeah, let's do it for sure. All right, cool. That's a plan. Well, that'll be a wrap on episode. What did I say? One seventy eight of the Ham Radio Podcast. Azrael, thank you so much once again for joining us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. You. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, and we'll have your stuff linked in the description down below. Be sure to check her out. Um, if you have anything else you want to promote one last time, go for it. Nope, just I do me. I play lots of different games. All right, lots of scary stuff. Every single day. Sorry, oh, you scream. Okay, cool. So. Be sure to check her out if you like horror stuff, and we will catch you guys in next week's episode. Peace out.